Sahih Muslim. This is a collection of hadith by Imam Muslim. The English translation is by Nasiruddin al Khattab. This audio is narrated by QNS Academy. Sahih Muslim The Book of Jihad and Expeditions Chapter on Permissibility of Raiding the Kuffar Who Have Been Reached with the Call of Islam Without Giving Prior Warning It was narrated that Ibn al-Awn said, I wrote to Nafi' asking him about calling people to Islam before fighting. He wrote back to me saying, That was only at the beginning of Islam. The Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, raided Banul Mustaliq when they were unaware, and their cattle were drinking at the water. He killed their warriors and took their women and children captive. On that day, Yahya said, I think he said, Juwayriya, the daughter of Al-Harith, fell to his lot. He said, and Abdullah ibn Umar narrated this hadith to me and he was one of that army. A similar report as hadith number 4519 was narrated from Ibn al-Awn with this chain. And he said, Juwayriya bint al-Harith, with no uncertainty. Chapter on ruler appointing leaders of expeditions and advising them of the etiquette of war, etc. Sufyan said, he dictated the etiquette of warfare to us. It was narrated from Sulaiman ibn Buraydah that his father said, when the messenger of Allah peace be upon him, appointed commanders for an army or expedition, he would advise them personally to fear Allah, exalted and glorified is he, and to be good to those of the Muslims who were under their command. Then he said, Fight in the name of Allah. For the sake of Allah, fight those who disbelieve in Allah. Fight, but do not steal from the war booty. Do not break your promises. Do not mutilate the dead enemy. And do not kill children. When you meet your enemy among the idolaters, offer them three options, and whichever one they choose, accept it from them and refrain from fighting them. Invite them to Islam, and if they respond, then accept it from them and refrain from fighting them. Then invite them to migrate from their land to the land of the Muhajirin, Al-Madinah, and tell them that if they do that, they will have the same rights and duties as the Muhajirin have. If they refuse to leave, then tell them that they are like the Muslim Bedouin and subject to the same rulings as the believers, but they will have no share of the booty and spoils of war, unless they strive alongside the Muslims. If they refuse, then ask them to pay jizya. If they respond, then accept it from them and refrain from fighting them. If they refuse that, then seek the help of Allah and fight them. If you lay siege to a stronghold, and the people ask you to promise them the protection of Allah and His Prophet, peace be upon him, do not give them the promise of the protection of Allah and His Prophet. Rather give them your promise of protection and that of your companions. For then if you break your promise and that of your companions, that is less serious than if the promise of Allah and His Messenger is broken. If you besiege a stronghold and the people want to make a deal on the basis of the ruling of Allah, do not make a deal on the basis of the ruling of Allah. Rather make a deal on the basis of your own ruling, for you cannot be certain that you will be able to work out a deal with them that is in accordance with Allah's ruling. Abdul Rahman, a narrator, said this or something similar. And Ishaq added at the end of this hadith, 
Yahya ibn Adam said, I mentioned this hadith to Muqatil ibn Hayyan and he said, Muslim ibn Hayyan narrated something similar to me from An-Nu'man ibn Muqarrin, from the Prophet peace be upon him. Sulaiman ibn Buraydah narrated that his father said, When the Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, sent a commander or an expedition, he would call him and advise him. And he quoted a hadith like that of Sufyan, hadith number 4522. This was narrated from Shu'ba. Chapter on the command to show leniency and avoid causing aversion towards Islam. It was narrated that Abu Musa said, When the Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, sent any of his companions on a mission, he would say, Give glad tidings and do not put people off. Be easygoing and do not be hard on them. It was narrated from Sa'id ibn Abi Burda, from his father, from his grandfather, that the Prophet, peace be upon him, sent him and Mu'adh to Yemen. And he said, Be easygoing and do not be harsh. Give glad tidings and do not put people off. Cooperate and do not be divided. A hadith like that of Shu'ba, hadith number 4526, was narrated from Sa'id ibn Abi Burda, from his father, from his grandfather, from the Prophet peace be upon him. But in the hadith of Zayd ibn Abi Unaysah, it does not say cooperate and do not be divided. It was narrated that Abu Tayyah said, I heard Anas ibn Malik say, the Messenger of Allah peace be upon him said, be easygoing and do not be harsh, give solace and do not put people off. Chapter on the Prohibition of Betrayal It was narrated that Ibn Umar said, The Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, said, When Allah gathers together the first and the last of men, on the day of resurrection, a banner will be raised for every betrayer, and it will be said, This is the betrayal of so-and-so, and the son of so-and-so. This hadith was narrated from Ibn Umar, from the Prophet, peace be upon him. Abdullah ibn Umar said, the Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, said, Allah will set up a banner for the betrayer on the day of resurrection, and it will be said, This is the betrayal of so-and-so. It was narrated from Hamza and Salim, the sons of Abdullah, that Abdullah ibn Umar said, I heard the Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, say, For every betrayer, there will be a banner on the day of resurrection. It was narrated from Abdullah that the Prophet, peace be upon him, said, Every betrayer will have a banner on the day of resurrection, and it will be said, This is the betrayal of so and so. It was narrated from Shaba with this chain, a hadith similar to hadith number 4533. But in the hadith of Abdul Rahman, it does not say, It will be said, This is the betrayal of so and so. It was narrated that Abdullah said, The Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, said, Every betrayer will have a banner on the day of resurrection by which he will be recognized, and it will be said, This is the betrayal of so and so. It was narrated that Anas said, The Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, said, Every betrayer will have a banner on the day of resurrection by which he will be recognized. It was narrated from Abu Sa'id that the Prophet, peace be upon him, said, Every betrayer will have a banner by his backside on the day of resurrection. It was narrated that Abu Sa'id said, The Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, said, Every betrayer will have a banner on the day of resurrection that will be raised to a level to commensurate with his betrayal. And no betrayal is greater than that of a leader of men.
chapter on permissibility of deceit in war. Sufyan said, Amr heard Jabir say that the Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, said, War is deceit. It was narrated from Abu Hurairah that the Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, said, War is deceit. Chapter on It is disliked to wish to meet the enemy and the command to be steadfast when meeting the enemy. It was narrated from Abu Hurairah that the Prophet, peace be upon him, said, Do not wish to meet the enemy, but when you do meet them, then be steadfast. It was narrated from Abu Nadr, from the letter of a man of Aslam, who was one of the companions of the Prophet, peace be upon him, who was called Abdullah ibn Abi Awfa, who wrote to Umar ibn Ubaidillah when he went to fight the Haruriyah. He told him that on one of the days, when the Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, met the enemy, he waited until the sun went down. Then he stood up and said, O people, do not wish to meet the enemy, and ask Allah to keep you safe and sound. When you do meet them, then be steadfast, and realize that paradise lies in the shade of the swords. Then the Prophet, peace be upon him, stood up and said, O Allah, revealer of the book, sender of the clouds, and defeater of the confederates, defeat them, and grant us victory over them. Chapter on It is Recommended to Pray for Victory When Meeting the Enemy It was narrated that Abdullah ibn Abi Awfa said, The Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, prayed against the confederates and said, O Allah, revealer of the book, swift in taking account, defeater of the confederates, O Allah, defeat them and shake them. Ibn Abi Awfa said, The Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, prayed, A hadith like that of Jabir, hadith number 4543, except that he said, Defeater of the Confederates, and he did not mention him saying, O Allah. It was narrated from Ismail with this chain, a hadith similar to hadith number 4543. Ibn Abi Umar added in his report, Sender of the Clouds. It was narrated from Anas that the Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, used to say on the day of Uhud, O Allah, if you will that the Muslims be defeated, you will not be worshipped on earth. Chapter on the Prohibition of Killing Women and Children in War It was narrated from Abdullah that a woman was found slain in one of the campaigns of the Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, and the Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, denounced the killing of women and children. It was narrated that Ibn Umar said, A woman was found slain in one of those campaigns, and the Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, forbade killing women and children. Chapter on Permissibility of Killing Women and Children in Night Raids, So Long as It Is Not Done Deliberately it was narrated that Asab ibn Jathama said, The Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, was asked about the women and children of the idolaters being killed in night raids. He said, They are of them. It was narrated that Asab ibn Jathama said, I said, O Messenger of Allah, we kill the children of the idolaters during the night raids. He said, They are of them. It was narrated from Asab ibn Jathama that it was said to be the Prophet, peace be upon him. What if a cavalry attacks at night and kills some of the children of the idolaters? He said, they are of their fathers. 
Chapter on Permissibility of Cutting Down the Trees of the Kuffar and Burning Them It was narrated from Abdullah that the Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, burned the palm trees of Banu Nadir and cut them down at Al-Buwayrah. Qutaybah and Ibn Rumh added in their hadith, and Allah revealed the words, What you, O Muslims, cut down of the palm trees of the enemy, or you left them standing on their stems, it was by leave of Allah, and in order that he might disgrace the fasiqun, the rebellious, the disobedient to Allah, as mentioned in Quran, Surah Al-Hashr, chapter 59, verse 5. It was narrated from Ibn Umar that the Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, cut down the palm trees of Banu Nadir and burned them. And concerning that Hassan said, it was easy for the nobles of Banu Lu'ay, Quraysh, to burn Al-Buwayrah with sparks flying everywhere. And concerning that the verse was revealed, What you, O Muslims, cut down of the palm trees of the enemy, or you left them, as mentioned in Quran, Surah Al-Hashr, chapter 59, verse 5. It was narrated that Abdullah ibn Umar said, The Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, burned the palm trees of Banu Nadir. Chapter on War Booty has been made permissible for this ummah only. It was narrated that Hammam ibn Munabbih said, This is what Abu Hurairah narrated from the Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him. And he mentioned a number of ahadith, including the following. The Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, said, One of the prophets went out on a campaign, and he said to his people, No man should accompany me who has gotten married and wants to compensate the marriage but has not yet done so or a man who has built a house, but has not yet put the roof on, or a man who has bought some sheep, or pregnant she-camels, and is waiting for them to give birth. He went out to fight, and he approached the town at the time of Asr prayer, or close to that time. He said to the son, You are under the command of Allah, and I am under the command of Allah. O Allah, halt it for me for a while. So it was halted for him until Allah granted him victory. They gathered the booty that they had seized, and the fire came close to consume it, but it did not touch it. He said, There is theft from the booty among you. Let one man from each tribe swear allegiance to me. They swore allegiance to him, and the hand of one man stuck to his hand. He said, There is theft from the booty among you. Let your tribe swear allegiance to me. They swore allegiance to him, and the hands of two or three men stuck to his hand. He said, There is theft from the booty among you. You have stolen from the booty. They brought forth to him gold equal to the size of a cow's head. They placed it with the wealth which was on the ground. Then the fire came and consumed it. The booty was not permissible for anyone before us, but Allah blessed and exalted is he saw our weakness and vulnerability, so he permitted it to us. Chapter on Spoils of War It was narrated that Mus'ab ibn Sa'ad said, My father took something from the Khums and brought it to the Prophet peace be upon him and said, Give me this, but he refused. Then Allah revealed the words, They ask you, O Muhammad peace be upon him, about the spoils of war. Say, the spoils are for Allah and the Messenger. As mentioned in the Quran, Surah Al-Anfal, 
chapter 8, verse 1. It was narrated from Mus'ab Nusad that his father said, Four verses were revealed concerning me. I acquired a sword as booty and brought it to the Prophet, peace be upon him, and said, O Messenger of Allah, grant it to me as my share of the booty. He said, Put it down. Then he got up and said, O Messenger of Allah, grant it to me. The Prophet, peace be upon him, said to him, Put it back where you got it from. Then he stood up and said, Grant it to me, O Messenger of Allah. He said, Put it down. He said, O Messenger of Allah, grant it to me. Shall I be treated like one who is of no use in war? The Prophet, peace be upon him, said to him, Put it back where you got it from. Then this verse was revealed. They ask you, O Muhammad, peace be upon him, about the spoils of war. Say, the spoils are for Allah and the Messenger. As mentioned in Quran, Surah Al-Anfal, chapter 8, verse 1. It was narrated that Ibn Umar said, The Prophet, peace be upon him, sent an expedition, of whom I was one, towards Najd, and they captured a large number of camels. Each share was eleven or twelve camels, and they were each given one extra camel. It was narrated from Ibn Umar that the Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, sent an expedition towards Najd, among whom was Ibn Umar. And each share was twelve camels, and they were each given one camel apart from that. And the Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, did not make any change in that. It was narrated that Ibn Umar said, The Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, sent an expedition towards Najd, and I went out with them. We acquired camels and sheep as war booty, and the share of each of us was twelve camels, and the Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, granted each of us an extra camel. It was narrated from Ubaidah with this chain. As mentioned in a similar hadith, it was narrated that Ibn Aun said, I wrote to Nafi' asking him about the spoils of war. He wrote back to me saying, Ibn Umar was among an expedition. A hadith similar to hadith number 4560. A hadith like theirs was narrated from Nafi' with this chain. It was narrated from Salim that his father said, The Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, granted us something in addition to our share of the khums, and he gave me a big old camel. It was narrated that Ibn Umar said, The Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, gave the troops a share of the spoils. A hadith like that of Ibn Raja, hadith number 4563. It was narrated from Abdullah that the Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, gave something extra to some of those who had been on an expedition, apart from the shares that they were given, like the rest of the army, and the khums was due on the full amount of booty. Chapter on the Killer is entitled to the belongings of the one who is killed. It was narrated that Ibn Muhammad al-Ansari who was a companion of Abu Qatada, said, Abu Qatada said, and he narrated the same hadith as hadith number 4568. It was narrated from Abu Muhammad, the freed slave of Abu Qatada, that Abu Qatada said, and he quoted the hadith as hadith number 4568.
it was narrated that Abu Qatada said, We set out with the Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, in the year of the Battle of Hunayn. And when we met the enemy, the Muslims fell into a state of confusion. I saw that one of the Mushrikeen men had overpowered one of the Muslim men. So I crept up on him from behind and struck him between his neck and shoulders. He turned around and he grabbed me in such a way that I thought I was about to die. Then he died. I joined Umar ibn al-Khattab and he said, What is the matter with the people? I said, It is the decree of Allah. Then the people came back and the messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, sat down and said, Whoever killed someone has to bring his proof. Then he may take his belongings. I stood up and said, Who will bear witness for me? Then I sat down. Then he, peace be upon him, said likewise. And I stood up and said, Who will bear witness for me? Then I sat down. Then he, peace be upon him, said that a third time, and I stood up again. The Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, said, What is the matter with you, O Abu Qatada? I told him the story, and a man who was there said, He has spoken the truth, O Messenger of Allah. The belongings of that dead man are with me. Persuade him to give up his right. Abu Bakr Siddiq said, No, by Allah, you should not expect one of the lions of Allah, who fought for Allah and his messenger, to give up his booty to you. The messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, said, He is right, give it to him. So he gave it to me. I sold the shield and bought a garden in Banu Salima, and that was the first property I acquired in Islam. According to the hadith of Al-Layth, Abu Bakr said, No, he will not give it to a little hyena from Quraysh and ignore one of the lions of Allah. It was narrated that Abdul Rahman ibn Auf said, Whilst I was standing in the ranks on the day of Badr, I looked to my right and my left and I saw that I was between two boys of the Ansar, who were very young. I wished that I was standing between two who were stronger than them. One of them gestured to me and said, O uncle, do you know Abu Jahl? I said, Yes, what do you want with him, O son of my brother? He said, I have been told that he reviles the Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, by the one in whose hand is my soul. If I see him, I will not leave him until the one of us who is destined to die first is dead. I was impressed by that. Then the other one gestured to me and said something similar. It was not long before I saw Abu Jahl moving about among the people. I said to the boys, Do you not see? This is your companion about whom you were asking. They hastened towards him and struck him with their swords until they killed him. Then they went to Messenger of Allah and told him, He, peace be upon him, said, Which of you killed him? Each of them said, I killed him. He said, Have you wiped your swords yet? They said, No. So he, peace be upon him, looked at their swords. Then he said, Both of you killed him. And he gave his, Abu Jahl's belongings, to Mu'adh ibn Amr ibn al-Jamuh. The two men were Mu'adh ibn Amr ibn al-Jamuh and Mu'adh ibn Afra. It was narrated that Awf ibn Malik said, A man from Himyar killed a man of the enemy and wanted to take his belongings. But Khalid ibn al-Walid, 
who was their commander, did not let him. Auf ibn Malik went to the Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, and told him. And he said to Khalid, What prevented you from giving his belongings to him? He said, Because I thought that was too much for him to take, O Messenger of Allah. He said, Give it to him. Auf pulled on Khalid's cloak as a rebuke. Then he said, Didn't I tell you I was going to the Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him? The Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, heard him and became angry, and said, Do not give him anything, O Khalid. Do not give him anything, O Khalid. Won't you leave my commanders alone? The likeness of you and them is that of a man who takes camels and sheep out for grazing, and he grazes them, then when the time comes to water them, he brings them to the tank and they start to drink, and they drink the clean water, and leave the stagnant water. The clear water is for you, and the stagnant water is for them. It was narrated that Auf ibn Malik al-Ashjai said, I went out among those who went out with Zayd ibn Haritha on the campaign of Mu'tah, and I was traveling with one of those who had come as reinforcements from Yemen. And he quoted a similar hadith as hadith number 4570 from the Prophet peace be upon him, except that he said, Auf said, I said, O Khalid, do you not know that the Messenger of Allah peace be upon him has ruled that the belongings are for the killer. He said, Yes, but I thought it was too much. Abu Salam ibn al-Akwa said, We went out on the campaign to Hawazin with the Messenger of Allah peace be upon him. Whilst we were having lunch with the Messenger of Allah peace be upon him, a man came on a red camel and made it kneel. Then he took a piece of leather from his belt and tied the camel with it. Then he came and ate with the people. Then he started looking around. Among us were those who were weak and had no mounts, and some of us were on foot. Then he rushed out, went to his camel, untethered it, made it kneel, and sat on it. Then he urged it, and the camel took off with him. Another man followed him on a brown she-camel. Salama said, I went out running, and I was by the haunch of the she-camel. Then I went ahead until I was by the haunch of the other camel. Then I went ahead until I grabbed hold of the camel's reins and made it kneel down. When it placed its knees on the ground, I drew my sword and struck the man's head. And he fell down. Then I brought the camel, driving it. And his luggage, his weapons, were on it. The Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, and the people met me. And he said, Who killed the man? They said, Ibn al-Akwa. He said, All his, the slain man's belongings, are his. Chapter on Additional Rewards and Ransoming Muslims in Return for Prisoners Iyas ibn Salama said, My father told me, We attacked Fazara, and Abu Bakr was in charge of us. The Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, had appointed him in command of us. When there was an hour between us and the water, Abu Bakr told us to make a stop at the end of the night, then led us in a raid and we reached the water, and we killed some of them and took some of them as prisoners. I looked at a group of people, among whom were children, and I was afraid that they would reach the mountains before me. So I shot an arrow between them and the mountain, and when they saw the arrow, they stopped 
Then I brought them, driving them along. Among them was a woman of Banu Fazara, who was wearing a leather coat, and with her was her daughter, who was one of the most beautiful of the Arabs. I brought them to Abu Bakr, and Abu Bakr gave me her daughter as a prize. We came to Al-Madinah, and I had not yet come close to her, and the Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, met me in the marketplace and said, O Salama, give that woman to me. I said, O Messenger of Allah, I like her, but I have not yet come close to her. Then the Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, met me in the marketplace of the next day and said to me, O Salama, give me that woman. May Allah bless your father. I said, She is yours, O Messenger of Allah. By Allah, I have not yet come close to her. The Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, sent her to the people of Mecca, and thus ransomed some Muslims who had been held captive in Mecca. Chapter on Rolling on Fay' Booty Acquired Without Fighting It was narrated that Hammam ibn Munabbih said, This is what Abu Huraira narrated to us from Muhammad, the Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, and he mentioned a number of ahadith, including the following. The Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, said, If you come to a town and take it peacefully, and stay there, then you have your share in it. But any town that disobeys Allah and his Messenger, and is seized by force, one-fifth of it is for Allah and his Messenger, peace be upon him. Then the rest is for you. It was narrated that Umar said, The wealth of Banu Nadir was among the fay' that Allah granted to his Messenger, peace be upon him where the Muslims did not undertake any expedition with their cavalry or camelry. It was only for the Prophet peace be upon him, and he used to spend it on the annual expenditure of his family. And whatever was left, he spent on animals for fighting and weapons in preparation for jihad, for the sake of Allah. It was narrated from Az-Zuhri with this chain. Malik ibn Aws said, Umar ibn al-Khattab, sent for me, and I came to him when the sun had risen high. I found him in his house, lying on his mattress, reclining on a leather pillow. He said to me, O Malik, some of your people have come to me for urgent help, and I have ordered that they be given a little money. Take it and divide it among them. I said, Would that you had ordered someone else to do this? He said, Take it, O Malik. Then Yarfa' came to him and said, O Amir al-Mu'mineen, will you let Uthman, Abdul Rahman ibn Awf, Az-Zubayr and Sa'd come in? Umar said, Yes. So he let them in. And they came in. Then he came and said, Will you let Abbas and Ali come in? He said, Yes. So he let them in. Abbas said, O Amir al-Mu'mineen, Will you judge between me and this treacherous, betraying, sinful liar? The people said, Yes, O Amir al-Mu'minin. Judge between them and let them settle this manner. Malik ibn Aws said, I could well imagine that they had sent them on ahead for that purpose. Umar said, Wait a minute. I adjure you by Allah, by whose permission the heavens and earth exist. Do you know that the Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, said, We prophets have no heirs, and whatever we leave behind is charity? They said, Yes. Then 
he turned to Al-Abbas and Ali and said, I adjure you by Allah, by whose permission the heavens and earth exist. Do you know that the Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, said, We prophets have no heirs, and whatever we leave behind is charity. They said yes. Umar said, Allah bestowed upon his Messenger, peace be upon him, that which he did not bestow upon anyone else. He said, What Allah gave us as booty, fate, to his messenger, Muhammad, peace be upon him, from the people of the townships. It is for Allah, his messenger, Muhammad, peace be upon him, as mentioned in Quran, Surah Al-Hashr, chapter 59, verse 7. I do not know whether he recited the verse that comes before it or not. He said, The messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, divided the wealth of Banu al-Nadir among you, and by Allah, he did not prefer himself over you, and he did not take it and exclude you, until this property was left. The messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, used to take his annual expenditure from it, and spend an equal amount for the sake of Allah. Then he said, I adjure you by Allah, by whose permission the heavens and earth exist. Do you know that? They said, yes. Then he adjured Abbas and Ali, as he had adjured the others. Do you know that? They said, yes. He said, when the messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, died, Abu Bakr said, I am the successor of the messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, and you came seeking your inheritance from the son of your brother, and this one came seeking the inheritance of his wife from her father. And Abu Bakr said, The Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, said, We prophets have no heirs, and whatever we leave behind is charity. You thought that he was lying, sinning, cheating, and betraying. But Allah knows that he was honest, righteous, well-guided, and following the truth. Then Abu Bakr died, and I am the successor of the Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, and the successor of Abu Bakr. You think I am lying sinning, cheating, and betraying. But Allah knows that I am honest, righteous, well-guided, and following the truth. I became the guardian of this property, and you and he came to me, both with the same purpose. You said, Give it to us, and I said, If you wish, I will give it to you, on condition that you pledge to Allah that you will use it, as the Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, used it. And you took it on that basis. He said, Is that not so? They said, Yes. He said, Then you came to me, to judge between you. No, by Allah, I will not judge between you in any other way until the hour begins. If you are unable to fulfill the condition, then give it back to me. It was narrated that Malik ibn Aws ibn al-Hadathan said, Umar ibn al-Khattab sent for me and said, Some families of your people have come to me. A hadith like that of Malik, Hadith number 4578, except that it says, Umar ibn al-Khattab said, He, peace be upon him, used to spend his annual expenditure on his family from it. And Ma'mar said, He would keep his family's annual sustenance from it. Then whatever was left, he would spend in the cause of Allah. Chapter On the Words of the Prophet, peace be upon him, we prophets have no heirs, and whatever we leave behind is charity. It was narrated that Aisha said, 
when the Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, died, the wives of the Prophet, peace be upon him, wanted to send Uthman ibn Affan to Abu Bakr to ask him for their inheritance from the Prophet, peace be upon him. Aisha said to them, Didn't the Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, say, We prophets have no heirs, and whatever we leave behind is charity? It was narrated from Aisha that Fatima, the daughter of the Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, sent word to Abu Bakr siddiq asking for her inheritance from the Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, from the booty that Allah had granted him in Al-Madina and Fadak, and what was left of the booty of Khaybar. Abu Bakr said, The Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, said, We prophets have no heirs, and whatever we leave behind is charity. Rather, the family of Muhammad may live on the income of these properties. By Allah, I will not change any of the charity of the Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, from how it was at the time of the Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him. And I will do the same with it, as the Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, did. Abu Bakr refused to give Fatima anything, and Fatima felt angry with Abu Bakr for that, and she forsook him and did not speak to him until she died, and she lived for six months after the Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him. When she died, her husband, Ali ibn Abi Talib, buried her at the night, and did not tell Abu Bakr about that. And Ali offered the funeral prayer for her. Ali was held in special esteem among the people during Fatima's lifetime. But when she died, Ali noticed a change in the people's attitude towards him. He sought to reconcile with Abu Bakr and swear allegiance to him, as he had not sworn allegiance to him all those months. He sent word to Abu Bakr saying, Come to us and do not bring anyone else with you, objecting to the presence of Umar ibn al-Khattab. Umar said to Abu Bakr, By Allah, you should not enter upon them alone. Abu Bakr said, What will they do to me? By Allah, I will go to them. So Abu Bakr entered upon them. And Ali ibn Abi Talib recited the tashahud. Then he said, O Abu Bakr, we acknowledge your virtue and what Allah has given you. We do not envy you for any favor that Allah has bestowed upon you. But you did it without consulting us. And we thought that we had the right to be consulted because of our kinship with the Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him. He kept speaking to Abu Bakr until Abu Bakr's eyes filled with tears. When Abu Bakr spoke, he said, By the one in whose hand is my soul, kinship with the Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, is dearer to me than kinship with my own people. As for this dispute that occurred between me and you concerning these properties, I have not deviated from the right path with regard to them, and I have not given up something that I saw the Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, do with them. Rather, I have done it too. Ali said to Abu Bakr, Your appointment for my oath of allegiance is this afternoon. When Abu Bakr had prayed dhuhr, he ascended the mimbar and recited the tashahud, and spoke of Ali and his delay in swearing allegiance, and the excuse that he had given. Then he prayed for his forgiveness. And Ali ibn Abi Talib recited the tashahud and spoke highly of Abu Bakr and said that what he had done was not due to jealousy of Abu Bakr or a refusal to accept the favor that Allah had bestowed upon him. 
but we thought that we should have had a share in the matter. But it had been decided without consulting us, and we were upset with that. The Muslims were pleased with this and said, You have done the right thing. Then the Muslims became closer to Ali when he did the right thing. It was narrated from Aisha that Fatima and Al-Abbas came to Abu Bakr seeking their inheritance from the Messenger of Allah peace be upon him. At that time, they were asking for his land at Fadak and his share of Khaybar. Abu Bakr said to them, I heard the Messenger of Allah peace be upon him. And he quoted a hadith like that of Uqail from Az-Zuhri, hadith number 4580, except that he said, Then Ali stood up and spoke highly of Abu Bakr, and he mentioned his virtue and the fact that he had been one of the first to enter Islam. Then he went to Abu Bakr and swore allegiance to him, and the people came to Ali and said, You have done the right thing. You have done well. And the people became close to Ali when he did the right thing. Urwa ibn Zubayr narrated that Aisha, the wife of the Prophet, peace be upon him, told him that Fatima, the daughter of the Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, asked Abu Bakr, after the death of the Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, to give her her share of the inheritance from that which the Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, had left behind, of the fate that Allah had bestowed upon him. Abu Bakr said to her, the Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, said, We prophets have no heirs, and whatever we leave behind is charity. She lived for six months after the Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, and Fatima used to ask Abu Bakr for her share of that which the Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, had left behind of Khaybar and Fadak, and his endowments in al Madina. But Abu Bakr refused to give her that. He said, I will not stop doing something that the Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, used to do. Rather, I will continue to do it. I am afraid that if I give up something that he did, I will go to astray. As for his endowment in Al-Madinah, Umar gave it to Ali and Abbas, but Ali took most of it. As for Khaybar and Fadak, Umar kept them and said, they are the endowment of the Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, and were spent on his responsibilities and on emergencies. They were to be cared for by whoever became caliph, and this remains the case until today. It was narrated from Abu Huraira that the Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, said, My heirs cannot even share a dinar. Whatever I have left after the maintenance of my wife's remuneration of my agent is charity. A similar report, as hadith number 4583, was narrated from Abi Zinad with this chain. It was narrated from Abu Huraira that the Prophet, peace be upon him, said, We prophets have no heirs, and whatever we leave behind is charity. Chapter on how booty is to be shared among the fighters. It was narrated from Abdullah ibn Umar that the Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, divided the spoils of war, two shares for the horseman, and one share for the foot soldier. Ubaidullah narrated a similar report as hadith number 4586 with this chain, but he did not mention the spoils of war. Chapter on the support of the angels during the battle of Badr and the permissibility of the spoils. Umar ibn al-Khattab said, On the day of the battle of Badr, the Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, looked at the idolaters 
and saw that they numbered one thousand, while his companions numbered three hundred and nineteen. The Prophet of Allah, peace be upon him, turned to the face of Qibla, then he stretched forth his hands and started supplicating to his Lord, saying, O Allah, accomplish for me what you have promised me. O Allah, give me what you have promised me. O Allah, if this small band of Muslims is destroyed, you will not be worshipped on earth. He kept calling out to his Lord, stretching out his hands and facing towards the Qibla, until his cloak fell from his shoulders. Abu Bakr came to him, picked up his cloak and put it on his shoulders. Then he embraced him from behind and said, O Prophet of Allah, this prayer of yours to your Lord will suffice you, for he will accomplish for you what he has promised to you. Then Allah revealed the words, Remember when you sought help from your Lord, and he answered you, saying, I will help you with a thousand of the angels, each behind the other, following one another, in succession. As mentioned in Quran, Surah Al-Anfal, chapter 8, verse 9, and Allah supported him by means of the angels. Abu Zumail said, Ibn Abbas said, Whilst a Muslim man was pursuing a mushrik man that day, he heard the crack of a whip above him, and the sound of a rider above him, saying, Onward, Haizum! He looked at the mushrik in front of him, who had fallen down on his back, and saw that he had been struck on the nose, and his face was cut as if with a whip, and it had turned green. The Ansari came and told the Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, about that, and he said, You have spoken the truth. That is part from the reinforcements from the third heaven. And on that day, they killed seventy and took seventy prisoners. Abu Zumail said, Ibn Abbas said, When the prisoners were captured, the Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, said to Abu Bakr and Umar, What do you think we should do with these prisoners? Abu Bakr said, O Prophet of Allah, they are our cousins and kinsmen. I think you should accept a ransom for them, which will strengthen us against the kuffar, and perhaps Allah will guide them to Islam. The Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, said, What do you think, O son of Al-Khattab? I said, No, by Allah, O Messenger of Allah. I do not think as Abu Bakr thinks. I think you should hand them over to us, so that we may strike their necks. You should hand Aqil over to Ali so that he might strike his neck. And you should hand over so and so, a relative of Umar's, to me so that I may strike his neck. For these are the leaders and prominent figures of Kufr. But the Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, inclined towards the view of Abu Bakr. And he did not incline towards what I said. The next day, I came and found the Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, and Abu Bakr sitting and weeping. I said, O Messenger of Allah, tell me why you and your companion are weeping. If I find it is a cause for weeping, I will weep too. And if it is not, then I will make myself weep with you. The Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, said, I am weeping because of what your companion suggested about accepting a ransom for the prisoners. I have been shown their punishment as close as this tree, a tree that was close to the Prophet of Allah, peace be upon him. Then Allah revealed the words, It is not for a Prophet that he should have prisoners of war, 
and free them with ransom, until he had made a great slaughter among his enemies in the land. You desire the good of this world, i.e. the money of ransom for freeing the captives, but Allah desires for you the hereafter, and Allah is almighty, all-wise. Were it not a previous ordainment from Allah, a severe torment would have touched you for what you took. So enjoy what you have gotten of booty in war, lawful and good. As mentioned in Surah Al-Anfal, chapter 8, verses 67 to 69, and Allah permitted the booty to them. Chapter on tying up and detaining captives and the permissibility of releasing them without a ransom. It was narrated from Sa'id ibn Abi Sa'id that he heard Abu Huraira say, The Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, sent some cavalry towards Najd, and they brought a man of Banu Hanifa who was called Thumama bin Uthal, the leader of the people of Yamamah. They tied him to one of the pillars of the masjid. Then the Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, came out to him and said, What do you have to say, O Thumama? He said, O Muhammad, I shall say something good. If you kill me, you will kill one who has shed blood. And if you show me kindness, you will be showing kindness to one who is grateful. And if you want money, then ask, and you will be given whatever you want. The Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, left him alone until the next day. Then he said, What do you have to say, O Thumama? He said, What I said to you, If you show me kindness, you will be showing kindness to one who is grateful. And if you kill me, you will kill one who has shed blood. And if you want money, then ask, and you will be given whatever you want. The Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, left him alone until the next day. Then he said, What do you have to say, O Thumama? He said, I say what I already said to you. If you show me kindness, you will be showing kindness to one who is grateful. And if you kill me, you will kill one who has shed blood. And if you want money, then ask, and you will be given whatever you want. The Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, said, Let Thumama go. So he went to some date palms that were near the masjid, and washed himself. Then he entered the masjid and said, I bear witness that none has the right to be worshipped but Allah, and I bear witness that Muhammad is his slave and messenger. O Muhammad, by Allah, there was no face on earth that was more hateful to me than your face, but now your face has become the dearest of all faces to me. By Allah, there was no religion on earth that was more hateful to me than your religion. But now your religion has become the dearest of all religions to me. By Allah, there was no city on earth that was more hateful to me than your city. But now your city has become the dearest of all cities to me. Your cavalry seized me when I was intending to do Umrah. What do you think? The Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, gave him glad tidings and told him to do Umrah. When he came to Mecca, someone said to him, Have you changed your religion? He said, No, but I have submitted myself with the Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him. And no, by Allah, no grain of wheat will come to you from Yamama 
unless the Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, gives permission. Sa'id ibn Abi Sa'id al-Maqburi narrated that he heard Abu Huraira say, the Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, sent his cavalry towards Najd, and they brought a man who was called Thumam ibn Uthal al-Hanifi, the leader of the people of Yamama, and he quoted a hadith like that of Al-Layth, hadith number 4589, except that he said, if you kill me, you will have killed one who shed blood. Chapter on Expulsion of the Jews from the Hijaz It was narrated that Abu Huraira said, Whilst we were in the masjid, the Messenger of Allah peace be upon him came out to us and said, Let us go to the Jews. So we went out with him until we reached them. The Messenger of Allah peace be upon him stood and called them, saying, O Jews, become Muslim and you will be safe. They said, you have conveyed the message, O Abu Qasim. The Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, said, That is what I want. Become Muslim, and you will be safe. They said, You have conveyed the message, O Abu Qasim. The Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, said, That is what I want. He said it to them a third time. Then he said, Know that the land belongs only to Allah and his Messenger and I intend to expel you from this land. Whoever among you has any property, let him sell it. Otherwise, know that the land belongs to Allah and his messenger. It was narrated from Ibn Umar that the Jews of Banu Nadir and Quraidah waged war against the messenger of Allah peace be upon him. So the messenger of Allah peace be upon him expelled Banu Nadir but he let Quraidah stay and treated them kindly, until Quraidah waged war against him after that. Then he killed their men and distributed their women and children and their wealth among the Muslims. But some of them had joined the Messenger of Allah peace be upon him, so he granted them safety and they become Muslims. And the Messenger of Allah peace be upon him expelled all the Jews of Al-Medina, Banu Qaynuqa'a, who were the people of Abdullah ibn Salam, and the Jews of Banu Haritha, and all the Jews who were in Al-Medina. This hadith was narrated from Musa with this chain, but the hadith of Ibn Juraj, hadith number 4592, is longer and more complete. Chapter on Expulsion of Jews and Christians from the Arabian Peninsula Jabr ibn Abdullah said, Umar ibn al-Khattab said that he heard the Messenger of Allah peace be upon him say, I shall certainly expel the Jews and Christians from the Arabian Peninsula until I leave only Muslims there. A similar report as hadith number 4594 was narrated from Az-Zubayr with this chain. Chapter on permissibility of fighting those who break a treaty, permissibility of letting besieged people surrender, subject to the judgment of a just person who is qualified to pass judgment. Abu Sa'id al-Khudri said, The people of Quraidah surrendered subject to the arbitration of Sa'd ibn Mu'adh. The Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, sent for Sa'd, who came to him riding a donkey, and when he drew close to the masjid, the Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, said to the Ansar, 
stand up for your leader or the best of you. Then he said, These people have surrendered, subject to your arbitration. He said, You should kill their warriors and take their women and children captive. The Prophet, peace be upon him, said, You have judged in accordance with the ruling of Allah. Or he said, With the ruling of the Sovereign, Allah. It was narrated from Shu'ba with this chain, a hadith similar to hadith number 4596. And he said in his hadith, The Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, said, You have judged concerning them according to the ruling of Allah. And on one occasion he said, With the ruling of the Sovereign, Allah. It was narrated that Aisha said, Sa'd was wounded on the day of the battle of Al-Khandaq, when a man from Quraysh, who was called Ibn al-Ariqah, shot him in the artery of his forearm. The Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, set up a tent for him in the masjid so that he could visit him easily. When the Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, returned from Al-Khandaq, he lay down his arms and took a bath, ghusl. Then Jibreel came to him, brushing dust from his hair, and said, Have you laid down your arms? By Allah, we have not laid them down. Go out to them. The Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, said, Where? He pointed towards Banu Quraydah. So the Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, fought them, and they surrendered. Subject to the ruling of the Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, the Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, referred judgment concerning them to Sa'd, who said, I judge that their warriors should be killed, and their children and women should be taken prisoner, and their wealth should be divided. Hisham said, My father said, I was told that the Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, said to Sa'd ibn Mu'adh, You have judged concerning them according to the ruling of Allah. It was narrated from Aisha, that when Sa'd's wound became dry and was about to heal, he said, O Allah, you know that there is nothing dearer to me than striving in jihad for your sake, against people who disbelieved in your messenger, peace be upon him, and expelled him. O Allah, if any war against Quraysh remains, keep me alive so that I may fight in jihad against them for your sake. O Allah, I think that you have ended the war between us and them. If you have ended the war between us and them, then open my wound so that my death may be due to that. Then he began to bleed from the base of his throat. And the people, there were some tents of Banu Ghifar in the masjid with him, were startled when they saw the blood flowing towards them. Then they said, O people of the tents, what is this that is coming from you? Then they saw that Sa'd's wound was pouring with blood and he died of that. A similar report, as hadith number 4600, was narrated from Hisham with this chain, except that he said, He, that is, Sa'd ibn Mu'adh, began to bleed that night, and the blood flowed until he died. And he added in his hadith, that is, when the poet said, Hark, O Sa'd, Sa'd of Banu Mu'adh, what have Quraidah and Nadir done? Indeed, Sa'd bin Mu'adh was steadfast on the morning they departed. You have left your cooking pot empty, whilst the cooking pot of the people is hot and boiling. Abu Hubab, the nobleman, has said, O Qaynuqa, do not depart. 
they were well settled in their country, just as rocks are well settled in Mitan, a hilly tract near Al Medina. Chapter on hastening to fight and giving precedence to the more urgent of two tasks when a choice must be made. It was narrated that Abdullah said, The Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, called out to us on the day he returned from the Battle of Al Ahzab. No one should pray Dhuhr except in Banu Quraidah. But some people were afraid that the time for Dhuhr would end, so they prayed before reaching Banu Quraidah. And others said, We will not pray anywhere but where the Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, commanded us, even if the time ends. And he, peace be upon him, did not criticize either of the two groups. Chapter on the Muhajireen returned to the Ansar, the gifts of trees and fruits, when they became independent of means through the conquests. It was narrated that Anas ibn Malik said, When the Muhajireen came from Mecca to Al Medina, they came with nothing in their hands. The Ansar were people with land and date palms so they shared what they had with them, giving them half of the yield each year, and they, the Muhajireen, gave their labor in return. The mother of Anas ibn Malik was called Umm Sulaim, and she was also the mother of Abdullah ibn Abi Talha, who was the brother of Anas through his mother. Umm Anas had given the Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, some date palms of hers, and the Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, gave them to Umm Ayman, his freed slave, the mother of Usama bin Zayd. Ibn Shihab said, Anas ibn Malik told me that when the Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, had finished fighting the people of Khaybar and had gone back to Al Medina, the Muhajireen gave back their gifts of fruits and produce to the Ansar. He said, The Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, gave the date palms back to my mother, and the Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, gave Umm Ayman some trees of his own garden instead of them. Ibn Shihab said, Umm Ayman, the mother of Usama bin Zayd, was the slave woman of Abdullah ibn Abdul Muttalib, and she was from Ethiopia. When Amina gave birth to the Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, after his father had died, Umm Ayman looked after him, then, when the Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, grew up, he manumitted her and arranged her marriage to Zayd bin Haritha. She died five months after the death of the Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him. It was narrated from Anas that a man put the date palms on his hand at the Prophet's disposal until he conquered Quraidah and An-Nadir, after which he returned them to the one who had given them to him. Anas said, My family told me to go to the Prophet, peace be upon him, and ask him for what they had given to him, or some of it. But the Prophet, peace be upon him, had given it to Umm Ayman. So I went to the Prophet, peace be upon him, and he gave them to me. Then Umm Ayman came and put a cloth around my neck and said, By Allah, we will not give them to you, after he gave them to me. The Prophet of Allah, peace be upon him, said, O Umm Ayman, let him go, and you will have such and such. She said, No, by the one besides whom there is no other God, 
and she kept saying such words until he gave her ten times as much, or nearly ten times as much. Chapter on Permissibility of Eating Food Seized as Booty in Dar al-Harb It was narrated that Abdullah ibn Mughaffal said, I found a leather bag full of fat on the day of the Battle of Khaybar, and I took hold of it and said, I will not give any of it to anyone this day. Then I turned around and saw the Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, smiling. Abdullah ibn Mughaffal said, A leather bag of food and fat was thrown to us on the day of the Battle of Khaybar, and I leapt forward and caught it. Then I turned around and saw the Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, and I felt shy before him. Shu'ba narrated it with this chain, a hadith similar to hadith number 4606, except that he said, a leather bag full of fat, and he did not mention food. Chapter on the Prophet, peace be upon him, wrote to Heraclius, the ruler of Syria, inviting him to Islam. It was narrated from Ibn Abbas that Abu Sufyan told him, during the truce between me and the Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, I set out, and whilst I was in Syria, a letter came from the Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, to Heraclius, the ruler of the Byzantines. Dihya al-Kalbi brought the letter and gave it to the ruler of Busra. And the ruler of Busra gave it to Heraclius. Heraclius said, is there anyone here from the people of this man who claims that he is a prophet? They said, Yes, I was called along with a number of men from Quraysh. And we entered upon Heraclius, who seated us before him and said, Which of you is closest in kinship to this man who claims that he is a prophet? Abu Sufyan said, I said, I am. So he seated me in front of him. And my companions sat behind me. Then he called his interpreter and said to him, Tell them that I am going to ask this man about the man who claims that he is a prophet. And if he tells me a lie, let them refute him. Abu Sufyan said, By Allah, were it not for the fear that people would say that I lied, I would have lied. Then he said to his interpreter, Ask him, what is his, the Prophet's, lineage among you? I said, He is of good lineage among us. He said, Was there any king among his forefathers? I said, No. He said, Did you ever accuse him of lying before he said what he said? I said, No. He said, Who are his followers? Are they the nobles among the people or the lowly? I said, The lowly. He said, are they increasing in number or decreasing? He said, They are increasing. He said, Have any of them turned away from his religion after entering it out of dissatisfaction? I said, No. He said, Have you fought him? I said, Yes. He said, How was the outcome of your fighting with him? I said, The war between us goes by turns. Sometimes he prevails over us and sometimes we prevail over him. He said, Does he act treacherously? I said, No. But we have recently concluded a truce with him. 
and we do not know what he will do. He, Abu Sufyan, said, By Allah, I could not say anything more than that. He said, Has anyone said such a thing before him? I said, No. He said to his interpreter, Tell him, I asked you about his lineage, and you said that he is of good lineage among you. Such are the messengers, who are sent from the best lineages of their people. I asked, Was there any king among his forefathers? And you said, No. If there had been any king among his forefathers, I would have said that he was a man seeking the kingdom of his forefathers. I asked about his followers, whether they were lowly or noble. And you said they were lowly. Such are the followers of the messengers. I asked you whether you accused him of lying before he said what he said. And you said no. I knew that if he did not tell lies about people, he would not tell lies about Allah. I asked you whether anyone had turned away from his religion after entering it, out of dissatisfaction with it. And you said, no. Such is faith when it penetrates deeply into the heart. I asked you whether they are increasing in numbers or decreasing, and you said that they are increasing. Such is faith, until it prevails. I asked you whether you have fought them, and you said that you have fought them. And the war between you and him goes by turns. Sometimes he defeats you, and sometimes you defeat him. Thus the messengers are tested, but ultimately the victory is theirs. I asked you whether he acts treacherously, and you said that he does not act treacherously, such as the messengers. They do not act treacherously. I asked you whether anyone has said such a thing before, and you said, no. I thought that if anyone had said such a thing before, he would be a man who was following what was said before. Then he said, What does he enjoin upon you? I said, He enjoins us to pray, give zakat, uphold ties of kinship, and remain chaste. He said, If what you say about him is true, then he is a prophet. I knew that he would appear, but I did not think that he would be from among you. If I knew that I would be able to reach him safely, I would like to meet him, and if I were with him, I would wash his feet. His dominion will most certainly reach that which is beneath my feet. Then he called for the letter of the Messenger of Allah peace be upon him, and read it. It said, In the name of Allah, the most gracious, the most merciful, from Muhammad the Messenger of Allah, to Heraclius, the ruler of the Byzantines. Peace be upon those who follow true guidance. I invite you with the call of Islam. Become Muslim and you will be safe. Become Muslim and Allah will give you a twofold reward. But if you turn away, then upon you will be the sins of the peasants, your subjects. Say, O Muhammad, peace be upon him. O people of the scripture, Jews and Christians, come to a word that is just between us and you that we worship none but Allah alone, and that we associate no partners with him, and that none of us shall take others as lords besides Allah. Then, if they turn away, say, bear witness that we are Muslims. As mentioned in Surah Al-Imran, chapter 3, verse 64. When he had finished reading the letter, there were raised voices and a great deal of clamor and he ordered that we be expelled.
I said to my companions when we left, Ibn Abi Kapshah, that is, the Prophet, peace be upon him, has come to wield a great deal of power. The king of Banul Asfar is afraid of him. I continued to be certain that the Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, would prevail until Allah caused me to become Muslim. It was narrated from Ibn Shihab with this chain, a similar hadith, as hadith number 4607. And he added, when Allah inflicted defeat on the Persian troops, Caesar traveled from Homs to Aila, Jerusalem, to show his gratitude to Allah. And he said in the hadith from Muhammad, the slave and messenger of Allah. Chapter on the Prophet, peace be upon him, wrote to the kings of the Kuffar, inviting them to Islam. It was narrated from Anas that the Prophet of Allah, peace be upon him, wrote to Khosrows, Caesar, the Negus, and to every tyrant, calling them to Allah. That was not the Negus, from whom the Prophet, peace be upon him, offered the funeral prayer. It was narrated from Qatada that Anas ibn Malik narrated a similar report as hadith number 4609 from the Prophet, peace be upon him. But he did not say that was not the Negus, for whom the Prophet, peace be upon him, offered the funeral prayer. It was narrated from Qatada from Anas a similar report as hadith number 4609, but he did not say, that was not the Negus, for whom the Prophet, peace be upon him, offered the funeral prayer, a similar report as hadith number 4609. Chapter on the Battle of Hunayn It was narrated that Ibn Shihab said, Kathir ibn Abbas ibn Abdul Muttalib said, Abbas said, I was present with the Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, on the day of, of the Battle of Hunayn, Abu Sufyan ibn al-Harith ibn Abdul Muttalib and I stayed close to the Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, and did not leave him. The Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, was riding a white mule of his that had been given to him by Farwa ibn Nufath al-Judami. When the Muslims and the Kuffar met, the Muslims turned and fled. But the Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, spurred his mule towards the Kuffar. Abbas said, I was holding onto the reins of the mule of the Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, checking it, so it did not go too fast. And Abu Sufyan was holding onto the stirrup of the Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him. The Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, said, O Abbas, call the people of As-Samurah. Abbas, who was a man with a loud voice, said, I said at the top of my voice, Where are the people of As-Samurah? He said, by Allah, when they heard my voice, they came back like cows coming back to their calves, saying, Here we are, here we are. They fought with the kuffar. Then the call went out to the Ansar, O Ansar, O Ansar. And the last to be called were Banul Harith ibn al Khazraj. They said, O Banul Harith ibn al Khazraj, O Banul Harith ibn al Khazraj, the Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, seated on his mule, craned his neck to watch the fighting. And the Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, said, Now the battle is raging. Then the Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, took some pebbles and flung them at the faces of the kuffar. Then he said, They are defeated by the Lord of Muhammad, peace be upon him. Then I went and looked, and saw that the fight was as it had been before. He said, By Allah, all he did was throw some pebbles at them. Then their force was spent, and they began to retreat. Footnote as-Samura. This was the tree beneath which they swore the Bay'ah. Ar-Ridwan. 
A similar report, as hadith number 4612, was narrated from Az-Zuhri with this chain, except that he said, Farwa ibn Nu'am al-Judhami, and he said, They have been defeated by the Lord of the Kaaba. They have been defeated by the Lord of the Kaaba. And he added, Until Allah defeated them. He said, It is as if I can see the Prophet peace be upon him pursuing them on his mule. Kathir ibn Abbas narrated that his father said, I was with the Prophet peace be upon him on the day of of the battle of Hunayn. And he quoted the hadith, but the hadith of Yunus and the hadith of Ma'mar are longer and more complete. It was narrated that Abu Ishaq said, A man said to Al-Bara' O Abu Umarah, did you run away on the day of of the battle of Hunayn? He said, No, by Allah. The Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, did not turn his back, but some young men among his companions were hasty and ill-prepared. They did not have any weapons or many weapons, and they met some archers from among Hawazin and Banu Nasr, whose arrows hardly ever missed their targets. They shot at them, and hardly any of their arrows missed. They came to the Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, and the Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, was on his white mule. And Abu Sufyan ibn al-Harith ibn Abd al-Muttalib was leading it. He, peace be upon him, dismounted and prayed for help, saying, I am the Prophet, and no doubt I am the son of Abd al-Muttalib. Then he formed them into ranks. It was narrated from Abu Ishaq that a man came to Al-Bara' and said, Did you run away on the day of, of the battle of Hunayn, O Abu Umarah? He said, I bear witness that the Prophet of Allah, peace be upon him, did not retreat, but some hasty and ill-prepared young men went out and met this tribe of Hawazin, who were archers. They shot a volley of arrows at them and did not miss, and the people retreated. Then the people started coming to the Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, when Abu Sufyan ibn al-Harith was leading his mule, and he, peace be upon him, dismounted and called upon Allah, seeking his help, and saying, I am the Prophet. And no doubt I am the son of Abdul Muttalib. O Allah, send down your help. Al-Bara' said, By Allah, when the battle grew fierce, we sought protection by his side, and the brave ones among us were those who managed to stand by his side. It was narrated that Abu Ishaq said, I heard Al-Bara' when a man from Qais asked him, Did you flee and leave the Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, on the day of, of the Battle of Hunayn? Al-Bara' said, The Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, did not flee. At that time, Hawazin were archers, and when we attacked them, they retreated, and we fell upon the Buri. But then they came towards us with their arrows, and I saw the Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, on his white mule, and Abu Sufyan ibn al-Harith was holding the reins, and he, the Prophet, peace be upon him, was saying, I am the Prophet. And no doubt I am the son of Abdul Muttalib. Abu Ishaq narrated that a man said to Al-Bara' O Abu Umarah and he narrated the same hadith as hadith number 4616 but it was less complete than their hadith. Iyas ibn Salama who was the son of Al-Akwa' said My father told me we fought alongside the messenger of Allah peace be upon him at Hunayn. When we faced the enemy I advanced and climbed a hillock, and a man of the enemy turned towards me, and I shot him with an arrow, but he ducked, and I did not realize what he had done. 
Then I looked at the people who had appeared from another hillock, and they met, they and the companions of the Prophet, peace be upon him. The companions of the Prophet, peace be upon him, turned back and I began to retreat. I was wearing two garments, one around my waist and the other on my shoulders. My izar became loose, so I was holding on to both of them. I passed by the Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, when I was running away, and he was on his white mule. The Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, said, The son of Al-Aqwa has come back in fear. When they gathered around the Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, he dismounted and picked up a handful of dust from the ground. Then he threw it in the direction of the enemy, and said, May their faces be deformed. There was not one man among them who Allah had created, but his face was filled with dust from that handful, and they turned and fled. Thus Allah defeated them, and the Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, divided their booty among the Muslims. Chapter On the Battle of At-Ta'if It was narrated from Abu al-Abbas, the blind poet, that Abdullah ibn Amr said, The Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, besieged the people of At-Ta'if, but he did not attain any victory over them. He said, We will return, if Allah wills. His companions said, Are we going back without having conquered it? The Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, said to them, We will attack in the morning. So they attacked it in the following morning, and many of them were wounded. The Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, said to them, We will depart in the morning. He said, That pleased them, and the Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, smiled. Chapter on the Battle of Badr It was narrated from Anas that the Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, consulted his companions when news reached him that Abu Sufyan was advancing. Abu Bakr spoke, but he paid him no heed. Then Umar spoke, but he paid him no heed. Then Sa'd ibn Ubadah stood up and said, Do you want us to speak, O Messenger of Allah, by the one in whose hand is my soul? If you tell us to plunge our horses into the sea, we will do so. And if you tell us to make our horses go as far as Barkil Ghimad, we will do so. The Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, encouraged the people. Then they set out and camped in Badr. Soon the water carriers of Quraysh arrived among whom was a black slave belonging to Banu al-Hajjaj. They caught him, and the companions of the Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, questioned him about Abu Sufyan and his companions. But he said, I do not know about Abu Sufyan, but Abu Jahl, Utbah, Shayba, and Umayyah ibn Khalaf are there. When he said that, they beat him. And he said, Yes, I will tell you about Abu Sufyan. But when they stopped beating him, and they questioned him, he said, I do not know about Abu Sufyan, but Abu Jahl, Utba, Shayba, and Umayyah ibn Khalaf are among the people. When he said that again, they beat him again. The Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, was standing and praying. But when he saw that, he stopped and said, By the one in whose hand is my soul, you beat him when he tells you the truth, and you stop when he lies to you. And the Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, said, this is the place where so and so will fall, placing his hand on the ground here and there. And none of them fell anywhere but in the places where the Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, had put his hand on the ground. Chapter 
on the conquest of Mecca. It was narrated that Abu Huraira said, Some delegations came to Muawiyah. The sub-narrator said that was during Ramadan, and we used to make food for one another. Abu Huraira was one of those who frequently invited us to his place. I said, Should I not make some food and invite them to my place? So I ordered that food be prepared. Then I met Abu Huraira in the afternoon and said, The invitation is at my place tonight. He said, Have you beaten me to it? I said, Yes, and I have invited them. Abu Huraira said, Shall I not tell you one of your ahadith, O Ansar? Then he mentioned the conquest of Mecca and said, The Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, came to Mecca and he appointed Az Zubair in charge of one flank of the army and Khalid in charge of the other. And he appointed Abu Ubaidah in charge of the troops that had no armor. They seized the bottom of the valley and the Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, was in the midst of a large troop. He looked and saw me, and he said, O Abu Huraira, I said, Here I am, O Messenger of Allah. He said, Do not let anyone come to me but the Ansar. Someone other than Shaiban added, He, peace be upon him, said, Call the Ansar to me. And they gathered around him. Quraysh gathered together their followers from various tribes and said, Let us send these people forward. And if any of them gets anything, we will be with them. But if anything happens to them, we will give what we are asked for. The Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, said, Look at the followers of Quraysh. Then he gestured with his hands, one on top of the other. Then he said, Until you meet me at As-Safa. So we set out, and not one of us wanted to kill a particular person, but he killed him, and not one among them could offer any resistance. Abu Sufyan came and said, O Messenger of Allah, shedding the blood of Quraysh has become permissible. There will be no more Quraysh after today. Then he, peace be upon him, said, Whoever enters the house of Abu Sufyan will be safe. The Ansar said to one another, The man has been overtaken by love for his city and compassion towards his kinsmen. Abu Huraira said, The revelation came upon him, and when the revelation came, it was obvious to us, and no one could raise his eyes to the Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, until the revelation ceased. When the revelation ceased, the Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, said, O Ansar, they said, Here we are, O Messenger of Allah. He said, Did you say, The man has been overtaken with love for his city? They said, That is so. He said, No. I am the slave of Allah and his messenger. I emigrated for the sake of Allah unto you. I will live with you and I will die with you. They came to him weeping and said, By Allah, we only said what we said out of devotion to Allah and his messenger, peace be upon him. The messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, said, Allah and his messenger, affirm your sincerity and accept your apology. Then the people went to the house of Abu Sufyan and the people locked their doors. The Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, came to the black stone and touched it. Then he circumambulated the house. Then he came to an idol that was beside the house that they used to worship. The Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, had a bow in his hand, and he took hold of the end of the bow. 
And when he came to the idol, he poked it in the eyes and said, Truth, that is, Islamic monotheism, or this Qur'an, or jihad against polytheists, has come, and batil, falsehood, that is, Satan, or polytheism, has vanished. As mentioned in Surah Al-Isra, chapter 17, verse 81, when he had completed his tawaf, he went to As-Safa and climbed up it until he could see the house, and he raised his hands and started to praise Allah and supplicate him, as he willed he should supplicate. Sulaiman ibn al-Mughirah narrated it with this chain, a similar hadith as hadith number 4622, and added, then he gestured with his hands, one on top of the other, mow them down, and he said in the hadith, they, that is the Ansar, said, We said that, O Messenger of Allah. He said, What is my name then? Verily, I am the slave of Allah and his Messenger. It was narrated that Abdullah ibn Rabah said, We came to Muawiyah ibn Abi Sufyan, and Abu Huraira was among us. Each man among us used to make food one day for his companions, and it was my turn. I said, O Abu Huraira, today is my day. They came to the place, but the food was not yet ready. I said, O Abu Huraira, why don't you narrate to us something from the Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, until our food is ready? He said, We were with the Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, on the day of the conquest of Mecca. He, peace be upon him, put Khalid ibn al-Walid in charge of the right flank and Az-Zubayr on the left. And he put Abu Ubaidah in charge of the foot soldiers who were to advance to the bottom of the valley. Then he said, O Abu Hurairah, call the Ansar for me. So I called them, and they came rushing. He said, O Ansar, do you see the followers of Quraysh? They said, Yes. He said, Look, when you meet them tomorrow, mow them down. And he gestured with his hand, placing his right hand on top of his left. And he said, Meet us at As-Safa, and any of them whom they saw was killed. The Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, climbed up As-Safa, and the Ansar came and surrounded As-Safa. Abu Sufyan came and said, O Messenger of Allah, Quraysh have perished. There will be no more Quraysh after this day. Abu Sufyan said, The Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, said, Whoever enters the house of Abu Sufyan will be safe. Whoever throws down his arms will be safe. Whoever locks his door will be safe. The Ansar said, The man has been overtaken by compassion for his tribe and love for his city. The revelation came down to the Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, and he said, You said, The man has been overtaken by compassion for his tribe and love for his city. So what is my name then? And he said it three times. I am Muhammad, the slave of Allah and his messenger. I emigrated for the sake of Allah and to you, and I will live with you and die with you. They said, By Allah, we only said that out of devotion to Allah and his messenger, peace be upon him. The messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, said, Allah and his messenger, affirm your sincerity and accept your apology. Chapter On Removal of Idols from Around the Kaaba it was narrated that Abdullah said, The Prophet, peace be upon him, entered Mecca, and around the Kaaba, 
there were 360 idols. He started poking them with a stick that was in his hand, saying, Truth, that is Islamic monotheism, or this Quran, or jihad against polytheists, has come, and batil falsehood, as in Satan or polytheism, has vanished. Surely, batil is ever bound to vanish, as mentioned in Surah Al-Isra, chapter 17, verse 81. And Al-Haq, the truth, that is, the Qur'an, and Allah's revelation, has come. And Al-Batil, falsehood, Iblis, Satan, can neither create anything, nor resurrect anything. As mentioned in Surah Sabah, chapter 34, verse 49. Ibn Umar added, On the day of the conquest, it was narrated from Ibn Abi Najah with this chain, a hadith similar to hadith number 4625, up to the word Zahuqan, bound to vanish, and he did not mention the other verse. Chapter on no man of Quraysh is to be captured then killed after the conquest. It was narrated that a shabi said, Abdullah ibn Muti'ah narrated to me that his father said, I heard the Prophet, peace be upon him, say on the day of the conquest of Mecca, no man of Quraysh is to be captured then killed after this day, until the day of resurrection. Zakaria narrated it with this chain, a hadith similar to hadith number 4627, and added, none of the rebellious men of Quraysh became Muslim except Mutir. His name was Al-Asi, meaning disobedient, but the Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, named him Muti'ah, meaning obedient. Chapter on the Truce of Al-Hudaybiyah Al-Bara' ibn Azib said, Ali ibn Abi Talib wrote down the truce between the Prophet, peace be upon him, and the idolaters on the day of Al-Hudaybiyah. He wrote, This is what has been agreed by Muhammad, the Messenger of Allah. They, the Kuffar of Mecca, said, Do not write the Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him. For if we knew that you were the Messenger of Allah, we would not have fought you. The Prophet, peace be upon him, said to Ali, Erase it. He said, I am not the one who will erase it. So the Prophet, peace be upon him, erased it with his hand. And among the things that they stipulated was that they, the Muslims, would enter Mecca and stay there for three days, and they would not enter with weapons except weapons that were wrapped in leather bags made for that purpose. It was narrated that Abu Ishaq said, I heard Al-Bara ibn Azib say, when the Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, made a treaty with the people of Al-Hudaybiyah, Ali wrote down the treaty between them. He wrote, Muhammad, the Messenger of Allah. Then he mentioned the hadith like that of Mu'adh, hadith number 4629 except that he did not say in his hadith, this is what has been agreed. It was narrated that Al-Bara said, when the Prophet, peace be upon him, was prevented from reaching the Kaaba, the people of Mecca made a treaty with him, stating that he could enter Mecca and stay there for three days, and that he could enter it with his weapons wrapped in leather bags made for that purpose, meaning the sword and its sheath he could not take away with him, any of its inhabitants, and he could not prevent any of those who were with him if they wanted to stay there. He said to Ali, Write down the terms between us. In the name of Allah, 
the most gracious, the most merciful. This is what has been agreed by Muhammad the Messenger of Allah. The Mushrikeen said to him, If we knew that you were the Messenger of Allah, we would have followed you. Rather write Muhammad ibn Abdullah. So he told Ali to erase it. But Ali said, No, by Allah, I will not erase it. The Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, said, Show me where it is. So he showed him where it was, and he erased it. And he wrote, Ibn Abdullah. He stayed there for three days. Then on the third day, they said to Ali, This is the last day stipulated for your companion. Tell him to leave. So he told him about that, and he said, Yes, and left. Ibn Janab said, in his narration, Instead of we would have followed you, we would have sworn allegiance to you. It was narrated from Anas that Quraysh made a treaty with the Prophet peace be upon him, and among them was Suhail ibn Amr. The Prophet peace be upon him said to Ali, Write, in the name of Allah, the most gracious, the most merciful. Suhail said, As for in the name of Allah, we do not know what in the name of Allah, the most gracious, the most merciful is. Rather write what we know. Bismik Allahumma. In your name, O Allah. He said, Write from Muhammad, the Messenger of Allah. They said, If we knew that you were the Messenger of Allah, we would have followed you. Rather, write your name and the name of your father. So the Prophet, peace be upon him, said, Write from Muhammad ibn Abdullah. And they stipulated to the Prophet, peace be upon him, Whoever comes to us from you, we will not return him to you. But whoever comes to you from among us, you will send him back to us. They said, O Messenger of Allah, should we write this? He said, Yes. Whoever among us goes to them, may Allah keep him away. And whoever comes to us from them, Allah will grant him a way out. It was narrated that Abu Wa'il said, Sahl ibn Hunayf stood up on the day of the battle of Safin and said, O people, blame yourselves, for we were with the Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, on the day of Al-Hudaybiyah, and if we had seen fit to fight, we would have fought. That was in reference to the truce that was made between the Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, and the idolaters. Umar ibn al-Khattab came and approached the Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, and said, O Messenger of Allah, are we not following truth whilst they are following falsehood? He said, Of course. He said, Are not our slain in paradise whilst their slain are in hell? He said, Of course. He said, Then why should we accept a deal that is detrimental to the interests of our religion and go back when Allah has not decided the issue between us and them? He said, O son of Al-Khattab, I am the Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, and Allah will never forsake me. Umar went away, but he could not bear his feelings of anger. He went to Abu Bakr and said, O Abu Bakr, are we not following truth whilst they are following falsehood? He said, Of course. He said, Are not our slain in paradise whilst their slain are in hell? He said, Of course. He said, Then why should we accept a deal? that is detrimental to the interests of our religion, and go back when Allah has not decided the issue between us and them. He said, O son of Al-Khattab, he is the messenger of Allah, and Allah will never forsake him. Then Quran was revealed to the messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, speaking of victory, 
and he, peace be upon him, sent for Umar and recited it to him. He said, O Messenger of Allah, is it really a victory? He said, Yes. Then he, Umar, felt relieved and he went back. It was narrated that Shaqiq said, I heard Sahl ibn Hunayf say at Safin, O people, do not put too much faith in your own ideas, for by Allah, I remember the day of Abu Jandal, that is Al-Hudaybiyah. If I could have gone against the command of the Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, I would have done so. By Allah, we have never put our swords on our shoulders for any purpose, but the fighting resulted in a situation we feel comfortable with, except in this affair of yours, that is, the fighting between Ali and Muawiyah. May Allah be pleased with them. It was narrated from Al-Amash with this chain, a hadith similar to hadith number 4634, except that he said, for any purpose that could be difficult for us. It was narrated that Abu Wa'il said, I heard Sahl ibn Hunayf at Safin saying, Do not rely on your own opinions with regard to matters of religion, for I remember the day of Abu Jandal, that is Al-Hudaybiyah. If I could have gone against the command of the Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, I would have done so. When we rely upon your opinion to solve a problem, another problem arises to take its place. It was narrated from Qatada that Anas ibn Malik said, When the verses, Verily, we have given you, O Muhammad, peace be upon him, a manifest victory, that Allah may forgive you your sins of the past and the future, and complete his favor on you, and guide you on the straight path, and that Allah may help you with strong help. He, it is who, sent down a sakina, calmness and tranquility, into the hearts of the believers, that they may grow more in faith along with their present faith. And to Allah belong the hosts of the heavens and the earth. And Allah is ever all-knower, all-wise, that he may admit the believing men and the believing women to gardens under which rivers flow, that is paradise, to abide therein forever, and he may expiate from them their sins. And that is with Allah a supreme success. As mentioned in Quran, Surah Al-Fatih, chapter 48, verses from 1 to 5, were revealed on the way back from Al-Hudaybiyah. They were overwhelmed with grief and distress. He, the Prophet peace be upon him, had sacrificed his hedi, sacrificial animal, at Hudaybiyah, and he said, There has been revealed to me a verse that is dearer to me than the whole world. A hadith like that of Ibn Abi Aruba, hadith number 4637, was narrated from Qatada, from Anas. Chapter on Upholding Covenants Hudayf ibn al-Yaman said, Nothing prevented me from being present at the Battle of Badr, except the fact that Abu Husayl and I set out and were captured by the Kuffar of Quraysh. They said, Are you looking for Muhammad? We said, We are not looking for him. We are only headed towards Al-Madinah. They took a covenant from us in the name of Allah that we would carry on to Al-Madinah and not fight alongside him. We went to the Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, and told him about that, and he said, Go back, we will fulfill the covenant made with them, and we will seek the help of Allah against them. Chapter on the Battle of Al-Ahzab, the Confederates It was narrated 
from Ibrahim al-Taymi that his father said, We were with Hudayfa, and a man said, If I had met the Messenger of Allah peace be upon him, I would have fought alongside him and striven hard. Hudayfa said, Would you really have done that? I remember that we were with the Messenger of Allah peace be upon him on the night of Al-Ahzab, and there was a strong wind and extreme cold. The Messenger of Allah peace be upon him said, Is there a man who will bring me news of the people? And Allah, exalted and glorious is he, will join him with me on the day of resurrection. We stayed quiet and none of us answered him. Then he said, Is there any man who will bring me news of the people? And Allah, exalted and glorious is he, will join him with me on the day of resurrection. We stayed quiet and none of us answered him. Then he said, Is there a man who will bring me the news of the people? And Allah, exalted and glorious is he, will join him with me on the day of resurrection. We stayed quiet and none of us answered him. Then he said, Get up, O Hudayfa, and bring us news of the people. I had no alternative but to get up when he called me by name. He said, Go and bring me news of the people, but do not provoke them against me. When I left him, it became as if I was walking in a heated bath. Until I came to them, I saw Abu Sufyan warming his back against the fire, and I put an arrow in my bow and wanted to shoot him. But then I remembered the words of the Messenger of Allah peace be upon him, Do not provoke them against me. If I had shot, I would have hit him. Then I came back, walking as if I were in a heated bath. When I reached him, I told him the news of the people, and when I had finished, I began to feel cold. The Messenger of Allah peace be upon him, gave me a spare cloak that he used to wear when he prayed, and I slept until morning. Then, when morning came, he said, Get up, O heavy sleeper. Chapter on the Battle of Uhud It was narrated from Anas ibn Malik that on the day of the Battle of Uhud, the Messenger of Allah peace be upon him was left with only seven men of the Ansar and two men of Quraysh. When they were surrounded, he said, Who will repel them from us and paradise will be his, or he will be my companion in paradise. One of the Ansari men went forward and fought until he was killed. Then they were surrounded again, and he said, Who will repel them from us, and paradise will be his, or he will be my companion in paradise. Another Ansari man went forward and fought until he was killed, and that continued until all seven had been killed. The Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, said to his two companions, We have not been fair to our companions. Abdul Aziz ibn Abi Hazm narrated that his father heard Sahl ibn Sa'd being asked about the wounds sustained by the Messenger of Allah peace be upon him on the day of the Battle of Uhud. He said, The face of the Messenger of Allah peace be upon him was wounded and his front tooth was broken and his helmet was crushed on his head. Fatima, the daughter of the Messenger of Allah peace be upon him, was washing away the blood and Ali ibn Abi Talib was pouring water on it from a shield. When Fatima saw that the water was only making the bleeding worse, she took a piece of reed mat and burnt it until it turned to ashes. Then she placed it on the wound and the bleeding stopped. It was narrated from Abu Hazm 
that he heard Sahl ibn Sa'd being asked about the wounds sustained by the Messenger of Allah peace be upon him. He said, By Allah, I know who washed the wounds of the Messenger of Allah peace be upon him, and who poured the water, and with what his wound was treated. Then he mentioned a hadith like that of Abdul Aziz, hadith number 4642, except that he added, and his face was wounded, and instead of crushed, he said, broken. This hadith was narrated from Sahl ibn Sa'd, a hadith similar to hadith number 4642, from the Prophet peace be upon him. In the hadith of Ibn Abi Hilal, it says, his face was injured, and in the hadith of Ibn Mutarrif, it says, his face was wounded. It was narrated from Anas, that the front tooth of the Messenger of Allah peace be upon him, was broken on the day of the battle of Uhud and he was wounded in his head. He started to wipe away the blood and said, How can any people prosper when they wound their prophet and break his tooth when he is calling them to Allah? Then Allah revealed the words, Not for you, O Muhammad, peace be upon him, but for Allah, is the decision. As mentioned in Quran, Surah Al-Imran, Chapter 3, Verse 128 Footnote Front tooth the Arabic word used here is Raba'iyah, which refers specifically to the front tooth that is next to the canine or eye tooth. It was narrated that Abdullah said, It is as if I can see the Messenger of Allah peace be upon him, telling the story of one of the prophets who was beaten by his people. And he wiped the blood from his face and said, Lord forgive my people, for they do not know. It was narrated from Al-Amash with this chain, a hadith similar to hadith number 4646, except that he said, he wiped the blood from his forehead. Chapter on the intense wrath of Allah towards the one who was killed by the Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him. Ma'amar ibn Hammam ibn Munabbih said, This is what Abu Huraira narrated to us from the Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him. And he mentioned a number of ahadith, including the following. The Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, said, Great is the wrath of Allah, exalted and glorified is he, towards the people who do this to the Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him. And he pointed to his front tooth. And the Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, said, Great is the wrath of Allah towards a man who is killed by the Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, in battle, for the sake of Allah. Exalted and glorified is he. Chapter on the persecution suffered by the Prophet, peace be upon him, at the hands of the idolaters and hypocrites. It was narrated that Ibn Mas'ud said, while the Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, was praying at the Kaaba, Abu Jahl and some of his companions were sitting there. A she-camel had been slaughtered the previous day, and Abu Jahl said, which of you will go and get the placenta of the she-camel, of Banu so-and-so, and put it on the shoulders of Muhammad peace be upon him, when he prostrates? The worst of the people went and got it, and when the Prophet peace be upon him prostrated, he put it on his shoulders. They laughed and started leaning against one another, and I was standing there, watching. If I had been in a strong position, I would have removed it from the back of the Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him. The Prophet, peace be upon him, remained prostrating, 
and did not lift his head until someone went and told Fatima, who was a young girl. She came and removed it. Then she turned to them and berated them. When the Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, had finished his prayer, he raised his voice and supplicated against them. When he supplicated, he would supplicate three times. And when he asked of Allah, he would ask three times. Then he said, O Allah, it is for you to deal with the Quraysh, saying it three times. When they heard his voice, they stopped laughing, and they were afraid because of his supplication. Then he said, O Allah, it is for you to deal with Abu Jahl ibn Hisham, Utbah ibn Rabi'ah, Shayb ibn Rabi'ah, Al-Walid ibn Uqbah, Umayyah ibn Khalaf, and Uqbah ibn Abi Mu'ayt. And he mentioned the seventh, but I, one of the narrators, did not remember it. By the one who sent Muhammad with the truth, I saw those whom he, peace be upon him, named lying dead on the day of the Battle of Badr. Then they were dragged to the well, the well of Badr. Abu Ishaq said, Al-Walid ibn Uqbah was mentioned by mistake in this hadith. Footnote. That is, the name should not be Uqbah, but Utbah, as narrated in hadith number 4651. It was narrated that Abdullah said, while the Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, was prostrating, and some of the people of the Quraysh were around him. Uqbah ibn Abi Mu'ayt brought the placenta of a she-camel and threw it on the back of the Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him. He did not raise his head. Then Fatima came and took it off his back, and she supplicated against those who had done this. Then he, peace be upon him, supplicated, saying, O Allah, it is for you to deal with this group of the Quraysh. Abu Jahl ibn Hisham Utbah ibn Rabi'ah, Shayba ibn Rabi'ah, Uqbah ibn Abi Mu'ayt, and Umayyah ibn Khalaf, or Ubayy ibn Khalaf. Shu'ba was not sure. He said, And I saw them slain on the day of the Battle of Badr, and they were thrown into a well, except for Umayyah, or Ubayy, who ended up in pieces, and was not thrown into the well. A similar report, as hadith number 4650, was narrated from Abu Ishaq with this chain of narration. And he added, and he peace be upon him, liked to repeat his supplication three times. O Allah, it is for you to deal with the Quraysh. O Allah, it is for you to deal with the Quraysh. O Allah, it is for you to deal with the Quraysh. Three times. And among them, he mentioned Al-Walid ibn Utbah and Umayyah ibn Khalaf. He was not uncertain. Abu Ishaq said, and I forgot the seventh. It was narrated that Abdullah said, the Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, turned to face the Kaaba, and he supplicated against six persons of the Quraysh, including Abu Jahl, Umayyah ibn Khalaf, Utbah ibn Rabi'ah, Shayb ibn Rabi'ah, and Uqbah ibn Abi Mu'ayt. And I swear by Allah that I saw them slain at Badr, and they had been changed by the sun for it was a hot day. It was narrated from Ibn Shihab. Urwa ibn Zubayr told me that Aisha, the wife of the Prophet peace be upon him, narrated that she said to the Messenger of Allah peace be upon him, O Messenger of Allah, was there ever a day that was worse for you than the day of the battle of Uhud? He said, I suffered at the hands of your people, 
and the worst that I suffered from them was the day of Al-Aqabah when I presented myself to Ibn Abd Yalil, Ibn Abd Kulal, and he did not respond to what I wanted. So I went with signs of distress on my face, and I did not recover until I was in Qarn al-Thalib, where I lifted my head and saw that a cloud was shading me. I looked and saw therein Jibrail, alayhi salam, who called me and said, Allah has heard what your people said to you and how they have rejected you. He has sent to you the angel of the mountains so that you can tell him to do whatever you want to them. Then he called the angel of the mountains to me and he greeted me with salam. Then said, O Muhammad, Allah has heard what your people have said to you and I am the angel of the mountains. Your Lord has sent me so that you can tell me what to do. What do you want? If you wish, I will bring together Al-Akhshabain, the two mountains of Mecca, to crush them. The Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, said to him, Rather, I hope that Allah will bring forth from their loins people who will worship Allah alone, not associating anything with him. It was narrated that Jundab ibn Sufyan said, The finger of the Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, was wounded in one of the battles and he said, you are just a finger that has bled. What you have experienced is the cause of Allah. It was narrated from Al-Aswad ibn Qais with this chain of narration. He said, The Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, was in a cave and his finger was hurt. It was narrated from Al-Aswad ibn Qais that he heard Jundab say, Jibril was delayed in coming to the Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, and the idolaters said, Muhammad has been forsaken. Then Allah, the mighty and sublime, revealed the words by the forenoon, after sunrise. By the night, when it darkens and stands still, your Lord, O Muhammad, peace be upon him, has neither forsaken you nor hates you. As mentioned in Quran, Surah Al-Duha, chapter 93, verse 1 to 3. It was narrated that Al-Aswad ibn Qais said, I heard Jundab ibn Sufyan say, The Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, fell sick and did not get up to pray Qiyam, the late night prayer, for two or three nights. Then a woman came to him and said, O Muhammad, I hope that your shaitan has left you. I have not seen him approach you for two or three nights. Then Allah, the mighty and sublime, revealed the words by the forenoon after sunrise. By the night when it darkens and stands still, your Lord, O Muhammad, peace be upon him, has neither forsaken you nor hates you. As mentioned in Quran, Surah Al-Duha, chapter 93, verse 1 to 3. Two similar ahadith were narrated from Al-Aswad ibn Qais with this chain of narration. Chapter on the supplication of the Prophet, peace be upon him and his steadfastness in the face of the hypocrites' persecution. It was narrated from Urwa that Usama ibn Zayd told him that the Prophet peace be upon him rode a donkey on which was a saddle beneath which was a blanket from Fadak, and Usama rode on it with him, behind him, when he went to visit Sa'd ibn Ubadah, who was sick in the dwellings of Banu al-Harith ibn al-Khazraj. That was before the Battle of Badr. He passed by a gathering which was a mixed company of Muslims, idolaters, and Jews. 
among whom was Abdullah ibn Ubay. Abdullah ibn Rawaha was also present in the gathering. When the gathering was engulfed by dust stirred up by the animal, Abdullah ibn Ubay covered his nose with his cloak and said, Do not scatter dust over us. The Prophet, peace be upon him, greeted them with salam. Then he dismounted and called them to Allah and recited Quran to them. Abdullah ibn Ubay said, O oh man, is there is nothing better than that. If what you say is true, do not bother us in our gatherings. Go back to your place, and if any of us come to you, you can tell him your stories. Abdullah ibn Rawaha said, Come to us in our gatherings, for we love that. Then the Muslims, idolaters and Jews began to rebuke one another until they were about to come to blows, and the Prophet, peace be upon him, kept trying to calm them down. Then he rode his animal until he entered upon Sa'd ibn Ubadah and said, O Sa'd, have you not heard what Abu Hubab said, meaning Abdullah ibn Ubay? He said such and such. He said, Pardon him, O Messenger of Allah, and forgive him, for by Allah, Allah has given you that which he has given you. But the people of this town had agreed to make him their king. And when Allah changed that by means of the truth that he has given you, that upset him, and that is why he is the way he is. So the Prophet, peace be upon him, pardoned him. A similar report, as hadith number 4659, was narrated from Ibn Shihab with this chain of narration, and he added, that was before Abdullah became Muslim. It was narrated that Anas ibn Malik said, it was said to the Prophet, peace be upon him, why don't you go to Abdullah ibn Ubay? So he went to him, riding a donkey, and the Muslims set out too, and they passed over sallying ground. When the Prophet, peace be upon him, came to him, he said, Do not come near me, for by Allah, the stench of your donkey offends me. One of the Ansar said, By Allah, the donkey of the Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, smells better than you do. One of Abdullah's people got angry on his behalf. And the two groups got angry with one another and struck one another with palm branches, hands, and shoes. And we heard that the following words were revealed concerning them. And if two parties or groups among the believers fall to fighting, then make peace between them both. As mentioned in Quran, Surah Al-Hujurat, Chapter 49, Verse 9. Chapter On the Slaying of Abu Jahl Anas ibn Malik said, the Messenger of Allah peace be upon him said, Who will find out for us what happened to Abu Jahl? Ibn Mas'ud set out and found that he had been struck by the two sons of Afra, and he was cold, near death. He took hold of his beard and said, Are you Abu Jahl? He said, Is there anyone better than a man whom you have killed, or whose people have killed him? And Abu Mijlas said, Abu Jahl said, would that someone other than a peasant had killed me? Anas said, The Prophet of Allah peace be upon him said, Who will find out for me what happened to Abu Jahl? A hadith like that of Ibn Ulayyah, hadith number 4662, and the words of Abu Mijlaz as narrated by Ismail. Chapter On the Slaying of Ka'b ibn al-Ashraf, the Taghut of the Jews. It was narrated that Amr heard Jabir say, 
the Messenger of Allah peace be upon him said, Who will deal with Ka'b ibn al-Ashraf? For he has offended Allah and his Messenger. Muhammad ibn Maslama said, O Messenger of Allah, do you want me to kill him? He said, Yes. He said, Give me permission to speak to him with no restrictions. He said, Speak to him and say whatever you want. So he went to him and spoke to him and reminded him of that which was between them. He said, This man is asking us for charity and he is asking us for too much. When he heard that, he said, And by Allah, you will become more tired of him. He said, We have become his followers now, and we would not like to leave him until we see what turn things will take. He said, I want you to give me a loan. He said, What will you give me as a collateral? He said, What do you want? He said, Give me your womenfolk as collateral. He said, You are the most handsome of the Arabs. Why would we give you our womenfolk as collateral? He said, Give me your children as collateral. He said, Our children will be slandered, and it will be said that they were given as collateral for two saw of dates. Rather, we will give you our weapons as collateral. He said, Yes, then. So he promised him that he would come to him with Al-Harith, Abu Abs ibn Jabr, and Abbad ibn Bishr. They came and called to him at night, and he went down to them. Sufyan said, All the narrators, except Amr, said, His wife said to him, I hear a sound like the sound of one who wants to shed blood. He said, It is only Muhammad ibn Maslama, his foster brother, and Abu Nailah. When a gentleman is called, he must respond, even if he will be stabbed. Muhammad said, When he comes, I will stretch out my hands towards his head, and when I hold him, do your job. When he came down, he came down holding his cloak under his arm. They said, We smell a nice fragrance coming from you. He said, Yes, I am married to so and so, who is the most fragrant of Arab women. He said, Let me smell it. He said, Yes, smell it. So he held his head and smelled it. Then he said, Will you let me smell it again? Then he held him firmly by the head and said, Do your job. And they killed him. Chapter On the Battle of Khaybar It was narrated from Anas ibn Malik that the Messenger of Allah peace be upon him launched a campaign against Khaybar. We prayed Fajr there when it was still dark. Then the Prophet of Allah peace be upon him rode and Abu Talha rode and I was seated behind Abu Talha on his mount. The Prophet peace be upon him let his mount run through the narrow streets of Khaybar and my knee was touching the thigh of the Prophet of Allah peace be upon him. The Izar slept from the thigh of the Prophet of Allah peace be upon him, and I could see the whiteness of the thigh of the Prophet of Allah peace be upon him. When he entered the town, he said, Allahu Akbar, Khaybar is destroyed. Then when we descend in their courtyard, that is, near to them, evil will be the morning for those who had been warned. As mentioned in Quran, Surah As-Safat, chapter 37, verse 177. He said it three times. The people had come out to their work and they said, Muhammad, one of the narrators, Abdul Aziz, said, Some of our companions said, And the army, he said, And we seized Khaybar by force. It was narrated that Anas said, 
I was riding behind Abu Talha on the day of the Battle of Khaybar, and my foot was touching the foot of the Messenger of Allah peace be upon him. We came to them when the sun has risen, and they had brought out their flocks and had come out with their axes, large baskets, and shovels. They said, Muhammad and the army. The Messenger of Allah peace be upon him said, Khaybar is destroyed. Then, when we descend in their courtyard, that is near to them, evil will be the morning for those who had been warned. As mentioned in Quran, Surah Al-Safat, chapter 37, verse 177, and Allah defeated them. It was narrated that Anas ibn Malik said, when the Messenger of Allah peace be upon him came to Khaybar, he said, then when we descend in their courtyard, that is near to them, evil will be the morning for those who had been warned. As mentioned in Quran, Surah Al-Safat, chapter 37, verse 177. It was narrated that Salam ibn al-Akwa said, We set out with the Messenger of Allah peace be upon him, to Khaybar, traveling by night. One of the men said to Amir ibn al-Akwa, Will you not let us hear some of your poetry? For Amir was a poet. So he started to chant to the people, saying, O oh Allah, were it not for you, we would not have been guided, or given charity, or offered prayers. So forgive us, we want to lay down our lives for you. Make us steadfast when we meet the enemy, and bestow tranquility upon us when we are called upon. The Messenger of Allah peace be upon him said, Who is this camel driver? They said, Amir. He said, May Allah have mercy on him. One of the men said, It, martyrdom, is guaranteed for him. O Messenger of Allah, would that you had let us benefit from him. Then we came to Khaybar and besieged them until we began to suffer extreme hunger. Then he said, Allah, exalted is he, has granted victory over them. When the evening of the day when the victory was granted came, the people lit many fires. The Messenger of Allah peace be upon him said, What are these fires? What have they been lit for? They said, For cooking meat. He said, What kind of meat? They said, The meat of domestic donkeys. The Messenger of Allah peace be upon him said, Throw it away and break the pots. A man said, Or may they throw it away and wash the pots. He said, Or that. When the people were drawn up in ranks, Amir's sword was somewhat short. He went to strike the leg of a Jew, but his sword recoiled and struck his own knee, and he died as a result of that. When they returned from Khaybar, Salama said it while holding my hand. When the Messenger of Allah peace be upon him saw me looking subdued, he said, What is the matter with you? I said to him, May my father and mother be ransomed for you, O Messenger of Allah. They are saying that Amir's deed was in vain. He said, Who said that? I said, so and so, and so and so. And Usaid ibn Hudayr al-Ansari, he said, those who said that are lying. He will have two rewards, and he held up two fingers together, for he strove hard in worship, and engaged in jihad in the cause of Allah, and there are few Arabs who strove as he did. Salam ibn al-Akwa said, on the day of the battle of Khaybar, my brother fought fiercely alongside the Messenger of Allah peace be upon him, but his sword recoiled on him and killed him. The companions of the Messenger of Allah peace be upon him said concerning that, doubting that it was martyrdom.
a man died by his own weapon, and they were uncertain about him. Salama said, The Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, came back from Khaybar and I said, O Messenger of Allah, give me permission to recite some lines of poetry to you. The Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, gave him permission. But Umar ibn al-Khattab said, I know what you are going to say. I said, O Allah, were it not for you, we would not have been guided, or given charity, or offered prayers. The Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, said, You are right. Bestow tranquility upon us, and make us steadfast when we meet the enemy, for the idolaters have wronged us. When I had finished reciting these lines, the Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, said, Who said this? I said, My brother said it. The Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, said, May Allah have mercy on him. I said, By Allah, O Messenger of Allah, people are reluctant to offer the funeral prayer for him, and they are saying that he is a man who died by his own weapon. The Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, said, He died having striven hard in worship and engaged in jihad, in the cause of Allah. Ibn Shihab said, Then I asked a son of Salam ibn al-Akwa, and he told me something similar, except that he said, When I said that people were reluctant to offer the funeral prayer for him, the Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, said, They are lying. He died having striven hard in worship and engaged in jihad, in the cause of Allah and he will have a twofold reward. And he gestured with two fingers. Chapter on the Battle of Al-Ahzab, the Confederates, also known as Al-Khandaq, the Ditch. Al-Bara' said, On the day of the Battle of Al-Ahzab, the Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, was moving dirt with us. The dirt has covered the whiteness of his stomach. And he was saying, O oh Allah, were it not for you, we would have not been guided, or given charity, or offered prayers. Send down tranquility upon us, for those have wronged us. And he said, The men are refusing to listen to us, but if they want mischief, we shall refuse. And he raised his voice when saying these words. It was narrated that Abu Ishaq said, I heard Al-Bara' mention something similar to hadith number 4670, except that he said, For those have transgressed against us. It was narrated that Sahl ibn Sa'ad said, The Messenger of Allah peace be upon him came to us when we were digging the ditch, and carrying away the dirt on our shoulders. The Messenger of Allah peace be upon him said, O Allah, there is no life but the life of the hereafter, so forgive the Muhajireen and the Ansar. It was narrated from Anas ibn Malik that the Prophet peace be upon him said, O Allah, there is no life but the life of the hereafter, so forgive the Ansar and the Muhajireen. It was narrated from Qatada, Anas ibn Malik told us that the Messenger of Allah peace be upon him used to say, O Allah, there is no life but the life of the hereafter. One of the narrators, Shu'ba, said, or he said, O Allah, there is no life but the life of the hereafter. So honor the Ansar and the Muhajireen. Anas ibn Malik said, They were chanting lines of poetry when the Messenger of Allah peace be upon him was with them. And they were saying, O oh Allah, there is no goodness but the goodness of the hereafter. So help the Ansar and the Muhajireen. According to the hadith of Shayban, instead of help, they said, forgive.
it was narrated from Anas that the companions of Muhammad peace be upon him were saying on the day of the battle of Al-Khandaq, we are the ones who swore allegiance to Muhammad, swearing to follow Islam as long as we live. Or he said, swearing to engage in jihad. One of the narrators, Hamad was not sure. And the Prophet peace be upon him was saying, O oh Allah, the true goodness is the goodness of the hereafter. So forgive the Ansar and Muhajirin. Chapter on the Battle of Dhul Qarad and Other Battles Salam ibn al-Akwa said, I went out before the first Adhan, and the milch camels of the Messenger of Allah peace be upon him were grazing at Dhul Qarad. A slave of Abdul Rahman ibn Auf met me and said, The milch camels of the Messenger of Allah peace be upon him have been stolen. I said, Who took them? He said, Ghatafan. So I shouted three times, Ya Sabaha, a cry of alarm. And I made the whole city between the two lava plains hear me. Then I ran off in pursuit until I caught up with them in Dhul Qarad, and they were watering the animals. I started shooting them with my arrows as I was an archer, and saying, I am the son of Al Akwa, and today is the day when the ignoble meet their doom. I kept chanting these lines until I rescued the milch camels from them, and I snatched thirty cloaks from them too. Then the Prophet peace be upon him, and the people came, and I said, O Prophet of Allah, I kept the people away from the water when they were thirsty. Send someone after them now. He peace be upon him said, O son of Al-Aqwa, you have taken what you have taken. Be kind. Then we came back. And the Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, seated me behind him on his she-camel until we entered Al-Madina. Iyas ibn Salama narrated, My father said, We came to Al-Hudaybiyah with the Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, and we were fourteen hundred strong. They had fifty sheep that they could not water. The Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, sat at the edge of the well, and he either offered supplication or spat into the well. Then the water welled up, and we drank and gave water to the animals. Then the Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, called upon us to swear allegiance at the foot of the tree. I swore allegiance to him with the first of the people. Then one group after another swore allegiance to him. Then when the people were halfway done, he said, Swear allegiance, O Salama. I said, I swore allegiance to you, O Messenger of Allah, with the first of the people. He said, Do it again, and the Messenger of Allah peace be upon him, so that I had no weapon. So the Messenger of Allah peace be upon him gave me a large shield or a small shield. Then I swore allegiance to him again. Then when he reached the last of the people, he said, Will you not swear allegiance to me, O Salama? I said, I have sworn allegiance to you, O Messenger of Allah, with the first of the people, and when the people were halfway done. He said, Do it again. So I swore allegiance to him a third time. Then he said to me, O Salama, where is the shield that I gave you? I said, O Messenger of Allah, my paternal uncle, Amr, met me, and he had no weapon. So I gave it to him. The Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, smiled and said, you are like the one who said in the past, O oh Allah, give me a friend who is dearer to me than my own self. Then the idolaters sent an offer of peace. 
So we started to mix with one another and we concluded a truce. I was a servant of Talha ibn Ubaidillah. I used to water and groom his horse and serve him and I ate from his food. I had left behind my family and wealth to emigrate in the cause of Allah and to join his messenger peace be upon him. When we made peace with the people of Mecca and began to mix with one another, I came to a tree, swept away its thorns and lay down at its base. Then four of the idolaters from Mecca came to me and started to speak ill of the messenger of Allah peace be upon him. I got angry with them and I moved to another tree and they hung up their weapons and lay down. While they were like that, a caller cried out from the bottom of the valley, O Muhajirin, Ibn Zunaym has been killed. I drew my sword and attacked those four men while they slept, and I took their weapons and gathered them in my hand. Then I said, By the one who has honored the face of Muhammad, none of you will raise his head, but I will strike his face. Then I brought them to the Messenger of Allah peace be upon him, and my paternal uncle, Amr, brought a man from Al-Abalat, who was called Mikraz, leading him to the Messenger of Allah peace be upon him, on a horse with a thick covering on its back, along with seventy of the idolaters. The Messenger of Allah peace be upon him, looked at them and said, Let them go, so that it may be proven that they are evildoers from the beginning to end. So the Messenger of Allah peace be upon him pardoned them, then Allah revealed the words, and he it is who has withheld their hands from you and your hands from them in the midst of Mecca, after he had made you victors over them. As mentioned in Quran, Surah Al-Fatih, chapter 48, verse 24. Then we set out back to Al-Madinah, and we made a stop where there was a mountain between us and Bani Lihyan who were idolaters. The Messenger of Allah peace be upon him prayed for forgiveness for the one who would climb the mountain that night as a scout for the Prophet peace be upon him and his companions. I climbed that mountain two or three times. Then we came to Al-Madinah and the Messenger of Allah peace be upon him sent his mounts with Rabah, the slave of the Messenger of Allah peace be upon him, and I went with him. I also took out the horse of Talha to let it graze with the other mounts. The next morning, Abdul Rahman al-Fazari had raided the mounts of the Messenger of Allah peace be upon him and driven them all away and had killed the herdsmen. I said, O Rabah, take this horse and go to Talha ibn Ubaidillah and tell the Messenger of Allah peace be upon him that the idolaters have raided his mounts. Then I stood on a hillock and turned to face Al-Madinah. And I called out three times, Ya Sabaha, a cry of alarm. Then I set off in pursuit of the people, shooting arrows at them and reciting lines of poetry, saying, I am the son of Al Aqwa, and today is the day when the ignoble meet their doom. I caught up with one of them and shot an arrow that went through his saddle and pierced his shoulder, and I said, Take that, I am the son of Al Aqwa, and today is the day when the ignoble meet their doom. He said, By Allah, I kept shooting at them and killing their mounts. Every time a horseman came back towards me, I went to a tree and sat at its foot. Then I shot him and killed his horse. Then when the mountains narrowed in and they entered the narrow gorge, I climbed up the mountain 
and started repelling them with stones, and I kept following them until I managed to recapture all of the camels of the Messenger of Allah peace be upon him, and they gave up. But I pursued them, shooting at them, until they dropped more than 30 cloaks and 30 spears in order to lighten their loads. They did not throw down anything, but I put a stone on it as a marker for the Messenger of Allah peace be upon him and his companions to recognize it. Then they came to a narrow pass, and so and so, the son of Badrul Fazari, came to them, and they sat down to eat lunch. I sat atop a stone, and Al Fazari said, What is this that I see? They said, By Allah, yesterday we encountered this one, and he has not left us since it was dark. He kept shooting at us until he took everything that was in our hands. He said, Four of you should get up and rush at him. So four of them climbed up the mountain towards me, and when it became possible to talk, I said, Do you know me? They said, No, who are you? I said, I am Salam ibn al-Akwa, and by the one who has honored the face of Muhammad, I will not pursue any man among you, but I will catch him. But no man among you who pursues me will catch me. One of them said, I think he is right. So they went back, but I did not move from that place until I saw the horsemen of the Messenger of Allah peace be upon him, riding through the trees. The first of them was Al-Akhram al-Asadi, after whom came Abu Qatad al-Ansari, after whom came Al-Miqdad ibn al-Aswad al-Kindi. I took hold of the reins of Al-Akhram, and they, the idolaters, turned and fled. I said, O Akhram, guard yourselves against them, lest they cut you off until the Messenger of Allah peace be upon him and his companions join you. He said, O Salama, if you believe in Allah and the last day, and you know that paradise is true, and hell is true, then do not stand between me and martyrdom. So I let him go, and he and Abdul Rahman met. He killed the horse of Abdul Rahman, and Abdul Rahman stabbed him and killed him. Then he turned his horse around. Abu Qatada, the horseman of the Messenger of Allah peace be upon him, caught up with Abdul Rahman and stabbed him and killed him. By the one who has honored the face of Muhammad, I followed them, running on foot, until I could not see the companions of Muhammad peace be upon him, or their dust behind me, until before the sunset, when they reached a pass where there was water, which was called Dhu Qarad, where they could drink because they were thirsty. They looked at me, running behind them, and I turned them out of there before they even tasted a drop of it. They went out and ran down a mountain path, and I ran behind one of their men and shot him in the shoulder blade. I said, Take that, I am the son of Al-Aqwa, and today is the day when the ignoble meet their doom. He said, May his mother be bereft of him. He has been chasing us since morning. I said, Yes, O enemy of yourself, I have been chasing you since morning. They left behind two horses on the mountain path and I brought them to the Messenger of Allah peace be upon him. Amr met me with a container in which there was milk, diluted with water, and a container in which there was water, and I performed wudu and drank some of it. Then I went to the Messenger of Allah peace be upon him, who was at the water from which I had driven them away. The Messenger of Allah peace be upon him had taken those camels and everything I had captured from the idolaters, and all of the spears and cloaks. Bilal had slaughtered one of the camels that I had captured from the people, and he was roasting part of its liver and hump for the Messenger of Allah peace be upon him. I said, O Messenger of Allah, 
let me select 100 men from among the people and follow those people, so that there will be no one who would convey the news, but I will kill him. The Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, smiled so broadly that his molars appeared in the light of the fire. Then he said, O Salama, do you think that you can do that? I said, Yes, by the one who has honored you. He said, Now, they are being welcomed in the land of Ghatafan. A man from Ghatafan came and so and so slaughtered a camel for them. As they were skinning it, they saw a cloud of dust, and they said, The people have come. They fled, and the next morning, the Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, said, The best of our horsemen today was Abu Qatada, and the best of our foot soldiers was Salama. Then the Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, gave me two shares, the share of a horseman and the share of a foot soldier. He gave me them both. Then the Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, seated me behind him on Al-Adba, his she-camel, and we came back to Al-Madinah. There was a man among the Ansar who could not be beaten in a race. He started saying, Is there anyone who will race me back to Al-Madinah? Who will race me back to Al-Madinah? And he started repeating that. When I heard his words, I said, Will you not show honor and respect to a noble man? He said, No unless he is the Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him. I said, O Messenger of Allah, may my father and mother be ransomed for you. Let me get down and race this man. He said, If you wish. I said, I am coming to you. I leapt up and started running. I slowed down on one or two high places where I started gasping. Then I followed his tracks. Then I slowed down on one or two high places. Then I rushed and caught up with him. I tapped him between the shoulders and said, You have been overtaken by Allah. I said, I think so. Then I beat him to Al-Madina. Then by Allah, we only stayed there for three nights before we went out to Khaybar with the Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him. My paternal uncle Amir started reciting lines of poetry to the people, saying, By Allah, were it not for Allah, we would not have been guided or given charity or offered prayers. We cannot do without your favor, so keep us steadfast when we meet the enemy and send down tranquility upon us. The Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, said, Who is this? He said, I am Amr. He said, May your Lord forgive you. Whenever the Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, prayed for forgiveness for a certain person, he would be martyred. Umar ibn al-Khattab, who was riding a camel of his, called out, O Prophet of Allah, would that you had let us benefit from Amr. When we reached Khaybar, their king Marhab came out, brandishing his sword and saying, Khaybar knows that I am Marhab, a fully armed warrior, a tried and tested hero, when war comes, spreading its flames. My paternal uncle Amr came out to meet him in single combat, and said, Khaybar knows that I am Amr, a fully armed warrior, who plunges into battle, they exchanged blows. The sword of Marhab struck the shield of my uncle Amr, and Amr went to attack from below. But his sword recoiled and struck the artery in his forearm, and that led to his death. Salama said, I went out and saw a group of the companions of the Prophet, peace be upon him, who were saying, Amr's deed was in vain. He killed himself. I went to the Prophet, peace be upon him, weeping, and said, O Messenger of Allah, was Amr's deed in vain? He said, Who said that? I said, Some of your companions. He said, Whoever said that is lying. 
Rather, he will have a twofold reward. Then he sent me to Ali, who had sore eyes, and he said, I will give the banner to a man who loves Allah and his messenger, peace be upon him, or who is loved by Allah and his messenger, peace be upon him. I brought Ali, leading him, because he had sore eyes. I brought him to the messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, who put spittle in his eyes, and they were healed. Then he gave him the banner. Marhab came out saying, Khaybar knows I am Marhab, a fully armed warrior, a tried and tested hero, when war comes, spreading its flames. Ali said, I am the one whose mother called him Haydar, lion, like a lion in the forest, with a fearsome countenance. I return their attack with one more fierce. He struck the head of Marhab and killed him. Then victory came at his hands. Chapter On the Words of Allah, the Most High and he it is who has withheld their hands from you. As mentioned in Quran, Surah Al-Fatih, chapter 48, verse 24. It was narrated from Anas ibn Malik that 80 armed men from Mecca swooped down upon the Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, from the mountain of At-Tan'im, seeking to attack the Prophet, peace be upon him, and his companions. He captured them, but spared their lives. Then Allah revealed the words, And he it is who has withheld their hands from you, and your hands from them, in the midst of Mecca, after he had made you victors over them. As mentioned in Quran, Surah Al-Fatih, chapter 48, verse 24. Chapter on Women Participating in Military Expeditions with the Men It was narrated from Anas that on the day of the Battle of Hunayn, Um Sulaim kept a dagger with her. Abu Talha saw her and said, O Messenger of Allah, Um Sulaim has a dagger with her. The Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, said to her, What is this dagger for? She said, I am keeping it so that if any of the idolaters come near me, I will rip his belly open with it. The Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, smiled and she said, O Messenger of Allah, kill all those other than us whom you set free, because they are the ones who deserted you. The Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, said, O Um Sulaim, Allah is sufficient, and he has been kind to us. A hadith like that of Thabit, hadith number 4680, was narrated from Anas ibn Malik concerning the story of Um Sulaim and the Prophet, peace be upon him. It was narrated that Anas said, The Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, allowed Um Sulaim and some of the Ansari women to accompany him on military campaigns. They would bring water and treat the wounded. It was narrated that Anas said, On the day of the Battle of Uhud, when some of the people felt defeated and deserted the Prophet peace be upon him, Abu Talha stood in front of the Prophet peace be upon him, covering him with a shield. Abu Talha was a powerful archer, and he broke two or three bows that day because of excessive use. Whenever a man passed in front of him with a quiver of arrows, he, peace be upon him, would say, Spread them for Abu Talha. The Prophet of Allah would look out over the people, and Abu Talha would say to him, O Prophet of Allah, may my father and mother be ransomed for you. Do not raise your head, lest you be struck by an arrow from the people. My neck is before your neck. And I saw Aisha bin to Abi Bakr, and Umm Sulaim with their garments folded up and I could see their anklets on their feet. 
carrying water skins on their backs, pouring it into their mouths. Then they would go back and fill them again, then bring them and pour water into the people's mouths. The sword fell from Abu Talha's hand two or three times because of drowsiness. Chapter on women who take part in military expeditions are to be given a reward but not a regular share and the prohibition of killing children of the enemy. It was narrated from Yazid ibn Hurmuz that Najda wrote to Ibn Abbas asking him about five things. Ibn Abbas said, Were it not for fear of concealing knowledge, I would have not written to him. Najda wrote to him saying, Tell me, did the Messenger of Allah peace be upon him take women on campaigns with him? Did he give them a share of the spoils of war? Did he kill children? How long is an orphan considered to be such? And about the khums, who is it for? Ibn Abbas wrote to him saying, You wrote and asked me whether the Messenger of Allah peace be upon him took women on campaigns with him. He did take them with him so that they might treat the wounded and they were given a reward from the spoils of war. As for a regular share, that was not given to them. The Messenger of Allah peace be upon him did not kill children, so do not kill children. And you wrote and asked me, how long an orphan is considered to be such? By Allah, if a man's beard has grown, but he is still incapable of getting his due from others or fulfilling his obligations towards them, then he is still regarded as an orphan. But when he can look after his affairs like other people, then he is no longer regarded as an orphan. And you wrote and asked me about the khums, and who is it for? We used to say that it was for us, but our people have denied it to us. It was narrated from Yazid ibn Hurmuz that Najda wrote to ibn Abbas and asked him about some things. A hadith like that of Sulaiman ibn Bilal, hadith number 4684. Except that in the hadith of Hatim, it says, The Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, did not kill children. So do not kill children, unless you know what Al-Khidr knew about the boy whom he killed. As mentioned in Quran, Surah Al-Kahf, chapter 18, verse 74. Ishaq added in his hadith from Hatim, And you can tell who is a believer, in which case kill the disbelievers and leave the believers. It was narrated that Yazid ibn Hormuz said, Najda ibn Amir al-Haruri wrote to Ibn Abbas and asked him about slaves and women who are present at the time when the spoils of war are distributed. Do they get a share of it? And he asked about killing children and when an orphan is no longer regarded as such. And who are the kinsmen? The wil qurba of the Prophet peace be upon him. He said to Yazid, Write to him, Were it not that, he is likely to fall into folly. I would not have written to him. Right. You wrote and asked me about women and slaves who are present at the time when the spoils of war are distributed. Do they get a share of it? They do not get a share of it, but they are to be given a reward. You wrote and asked me about killing children. The Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, did not kill them. So do not kill them. Unless you know about them, what the companion of Musa knew about the boy whom he killed. As mentioned in Quran, Surah Al-Kahf, chapter 18, verse 71. You wrote and asked me about an orphan. And when is he no longer regarded as an orphan? He continues to be regarded as an orphan until he reaches puberty and attains maturity of mind. And you wrote and asked me about the kinsmen of the Prophet, peace be upon him, and who they are. 
We believed that we were they, but our people denied that to us. It was narrated that Yazid ibn Hurmuz said, Najda wrote to Ibn Abbas, and he quoted a similar hadith as hadith number 4684. Abu Ishaq said, Abdul ibn Bishr narrated, Sufyan narrated this hadith in full. It was narrated that Yazid ibn Hurmuz said, Najda ibn Amir wrote to Ibn Abbas. He said, I was present with Ibn Abbas when he read his letter and when he wrote his answer. Ibn Abbas said, By Allah, were it not in order to prevent him from falling into wickedness, I would have not written to him. May he never be honored. He wrote to him saying, You asked about the share of the kinsmen whom Allah mentioned. Who are they? We used to think that we are the kinsmen of the Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, but our people denied that to us. You asked about the orphan and when is he no longer regarded as such. When he reaches the age of marriage and attains maturity of mind, then his wealth may be given to him, and he is no longer regarded as an orphan. You asked, did the Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, kill any of the children of the idolaters? The Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, did not kill any of them, so you should not kill any of them. Unless you know about them, what the Al-Khidr knew about the boy whom he killed. As mentioned in Quran, Surah Al-Kahf, chapter 18, verse 71. You asked about women and slaves, and whether they are to be given a defined share if they are present in battle. They are not to be given a defined share, but they should be given some reward from the spoils of war. It was narrated that Yazid ibn Hurmuz said, Najda wrote to Ibn Abbas, and he mentioned part of the hadith, but he did not narrate it in full like the hadith we have mentioned above. It was narrated that Ummu Atiyah al-Ansariya said, I went out on seven campaigns with the Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him. I would stay behind in the camp, make food for them, treat the wounded, and look after the sick. Hisham narrated a similar report as hadith number 4690 with this chain of narration. Chapter On the Number of Campaigns of the Prophet Peace be upon him It was narrated from Abu Ishaq that Abdullah ibn Yazid went out to lead the people in prayers for rain. He prayed two rak'ah, then he prayed for rain. He said, On that day I met Zayd ibn Arqam, and there was only one man between me and him. I said to him, How many campaigns did the Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, wage? He said, Nineteen. I said, On how many campaigns were you with him? He said, Seventeen. I said, What was the first campaign he waged? He said, That al-Usayr, or al-Ushayr. It was narrated from Ibn Ishaq, from Zayd ibn Arqam, from whom he heard it, that the Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, went on nineteen campaigns, and after he emigrated, he performed Hajj only once, the farewell Hajj. Abu Zubair narrated that he heard Jabir ibn Abdullah say, I went on 19 campaigns with the Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him. Jabir said, I was not present at the battles of Badr or Uhud, because my father did not let me go. When Abdullah, that is, his father, was killed on the day of Uhud, I did not stay behind from any campaign with the Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him. It was narrated from Abdullah ibn Buraydah that his father said, The Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, 
went on 19 campaigns and he fought in 8 of them. It was narrated from Ibn Buraydah that his father said that he went on 16 campaigns with the Messenger of Allah peace be upon him. It was narrated that Yazid ibn Abi Ubaid said, I heard Salama say, I went on seven campaigns with the Messenger of Allah peace be upon him, and I went out on nine campaigns that he sent out. On one occasion, Abu Bakr was in charge of us, and on another occasion, Usama ibn Zayd was in charge of us. Hatim narrated it with this chain of narration, a hadith similar to hadith number 4697. Except that he said, in both cases, seven campaigns. Chapter On the Campaign of Dhatul Riqa'ah It was narrated that Abu Musa said, We went out with the Messenger of Allah peace be upon him on a campaign, and there were six of us. We had only one camel, which we took turns riding. Our feet became sore, and my feet became so sore that my toenails fell off. We wrapped rags around our feet, so the campaign became known as Dhatul Riqa'ah because of the rags that we used to bandage our feet. Abu Burda said, Abu Musa narrated this hadith, then he did not like to do so. It is as if he did not like to broadcast his deeds. Chapter on It is disliked to seek the help of disbelievers in war except in cases of necessity or if he thinks well of the Muslims. It was narrated that Aisha, the wife of the Prophet peace be upon him, said, The Messenger of Allah peace be upon him set out for Badr, and when he was in Harrat al-Wabara, he was met by a man who was known for his courage and valor. The companions of the Messenger of Allah peace be upon him rejoiced when they saw him, but when he caught up with him, he said to the Messenger of Allah peace be upon him, I have come so that I may join you and get a share of the spoils of war with you. The Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, said to him, Will you believe in Allah and his Messenger? He said, No. He said, Then go back, for I will never seek the help of an idolater. She said, He went away. Then when we were in a shajara, the man met him and said the same as he had said the first time. And the Prophet, peace be upon him, said the same as he had said. He said, Go back, for I will never seek the help of an idolater. Then he came back and met him in Al-Bayda, and he said what he had said to him the first time. Will you believe in Allah and his messenger? He said, Yes. The messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, said to him, Then come with us.